podcast where we talk about all the horrors not just the vintage ones i'm your host kyle with me today i have rob how's it going brady hello and mork hello 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 that's mork to you (laughs) today we'll be talking about black christmas happy holidays people from 1974 uh i feel more in it but first we're gonna crack a cold one open with the boys Hmm. All right, Brady, tell us what you've been up to in the last four days. How's it been four uh, or three? Four. Wow. Probably like five. Just what getting ready for Sunday, Sunday morning. Yeah, you're right. Now it's just, Sunday afternoon. Just getting ready for the trip back to Virginia next week. Get to see family and friends and nice week off from work. Did some overtime today. Um, watched uh, Silence of the Lambs last night. Yeah, it would. You did, huh? Instead of what? <laughs> Instead of many other movies that I probably could have watched, and one mm-hmm. that I probably really should have watched. But yeah. it's a good movie, it's right. though. It's a great movie, and that's why you You're know. A yeah, just, it is good. I'm just gonna say right now, like if 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 you guys have something to do, like tomorrow might not be tomorrow. You know, you might get called into work. You might have to go in. So if if you got to do something today, do it today. Because I was supposed to watch a movie, and I said I was gonna do it today, and I didn't do it. So. That's what I've been gonna, up to. I'm going to tell you something, Brady. Tomorrow's always a day away. A little redheaded <laughs> bitch taught me that. <laughs> Tomorrow. I love you. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for me. Just watching movies that I've seen a million times and uh, eating popcorn. <laughs> what about you, Rob? What you been up to? So uh, it hasn't been a huge span of time since our last recording, so I haven't been up to too much. Um, I don't think I said it in the last podcast, but I finally got my hands uh, thanks to my fiance on a Series X. So I'm mm. very happy with that. Um, Call of Duty Warzone's absolutely broken on yeah, that. So that's good. Uh, but I downloaded and played the Halo Infinite campaign. So no spoilers. Oh, that good? I, I really liked it. I'm a huge Halo fan. Like not just the multiplayer, but like I'm a big lore fan. I mm. read a lot of the books. Uh, my guy, Troy Denning wrote some books for the series and I always liked his take on star Wars. So uh, I, I got to say they did a good job. Um, Halo five story was really dog water. Like it was, it was bad. Yeah. And um, it's very clear that they acknowledged that very quickly in this and like, hold up, we're going to fix it. Uh, they kind of tried to do what rise of Skywalker tried to do. And the difference is, Put a lesbian couple in it. <laughs> Halo, <laughs> Halo Infinite executed their uh, their fix, and um, they did it respectfully. I think they were just they acknowledged it was bad, but also were like very respectful of the writers and the work that was put in there. And they're like, "But this is this is what Halo is," and it, it actually felt like 
like I, I don't know, Kyle, when's the last time Mark, you never really played Halo, right? Uh, I was a big Halo two, Halo three person. Yeah, so Infinite felt more like Halo two and three. Yeah. It I haven't downloaded, like it, but I haven't played it yet. It felt like a callback to Halo two and three, just the way it played and um the grunts are funnier than ever. Like no spoilers, but like the grunts, the way they talk to you in this game, like you guys are familiar with that, like how they have the high pitched voices and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they have tons and tons of dialogue lines in this. And like some of like one line, I'll just give you like they'll just sit there and be like, they'll be like, when you woke up this morning, you had no idea you were about to die. And like they'll like run at you and scream. And I'm like, this is insane. This is so <laughs> funny. I know you said no spoilers, but I think you just spoiled that line for me. Yeah, so I appreciate now we gotta, that. Now we got to put Kyle's fart it. over that. Uh, that's not a <laughs> that's not a verbatim line. That is a loose interpretation of. Quote. So you just lied to us. Yeah, okay? you lied to us. You said here's a line. No, now I'm just I, uh, not going to play it. You, you fucking ruined the whole thing. I'm not playing it. No reason <laughs> um, to play. Yeah, so um, I'm happy with it. So I beat it. There's definitely going to be DLC. I think they already talked about that. Like there's a whole pathway for like free DLC and stuff like that. Um, there'll be more, more Halo to come. Of course there will. It's a moneymaker, right? Is it? I don't know. Yeah. It's glad to be back. I would assume so. I always liked uh, Halo ODST. I thought that was a good one too. I like that. I kind of like that one. Halo Reach is probably my favorite. Mm. Reach is Um, good. I mean, I don't don't think ODST is better than 2 or 3, but... It's Halo 3 and then Halo Reach. You guys have Mm. never played 2 and 3, huh? Yes. I I just said Halo 3 is my favorite. Yeah, I said I like those, but I I always had a soft spot for ODST. Almost put that set out. Yeah, other than that, I just got my tickets for Spider-Man. So I'm going to go see Spider-Man on Sunday. You want me to tell you what happens? I do not. Absolutely not. I've avoided a lot of spoilers. I've been very good about it. Let me just tell you this one thing, though, real quick. (laughs) Not a spoiler. It's it's not for me. Everyone dies. Everyone kisses each other. Yeah, so I I don't know. I heard Peter Parker's uh, in it. That no, it's Peter Pan, man. Oh. It was actually Ben Riley, cunt. Okay, heard Uncle Ben's rice is in there too. Like yeah. Uncle Ben was making rice in the movie. No, I think that's racist, that? honestly. So <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> not get um, us canceled. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just didn't want. I really just didn't want to get it spoiled for me. So like, I took like I got like a twelve fifteen showing on a Sunday. Ooh, that's a long time. Hmm. I literally have to go internet dark after this podcast. I, I can't look at anything. I know it's easy for him. He doesn't like my pictures until like eight days after the post. And so, yeah, but the important thing is I do like them. <laughs> I you. take the time to go back. And at, least like not, at least they're not like Steve and just comment and then don't oh, like I it. hate that. And I just drop the conversation. Want to yeah. talk about rage inducing comments with no likes. Ugh. Yeah. Well, Steve is literally like salt to your blood pressure. Yes. And just he could do anything, and you're possibly going to be in stroke pet level very quickly. Some of my favorite things I've seen on Facebook are just scrolling through and seeing Kyle or Mark comment on something that this random person, Steve, has said. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this person is, but it's one of them saying, Shut up, or <laughs> uh, one time there was like a video of somebody like getting their ass beat or something like that. And I said, I wish that was you getting your ass beat. Yeah, I and, saw then that I, one? and I got a fucking like somebody had to have reported it right away because I got flagged <laughs> right away. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, you got put in Facebook jail. Yeah, like right or away. Or he'll tag somebody like one of his friends and you're like, oh, you all dating now? <laughs> like, oh, 
that's his like roommate. That's his girlfriend, but not girlfriend. She like won't date him. So oh. I, I just had to put that out there for him. Damn. <laughs> we're air- we're airing all of this gentleman's business everywhere. Uh, so Mark, what's uh, been up with you? Uh, you know, Among Us came out. We were playing that the other day. It's pretty Ooh. fun. Hell yeah. Uh, we only played that one day though on Tuesday. Yeah, Meat Swing is murder. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it free? No, it's like five Game bucks. Pass. I got Game Pass. Then it's free. Free, free for you. You can download and play with us. Yeah. yeah so that came out. Um, like Rob said, Spider Man's this weekend. I'm going to go see that Saturday. I tried my hardest to get tickets today or tomorrow, just so I didn't see anything. But Saturday at 11 a.m. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Well, also we we only recorded the other day, so nothing really happened. But I don't know if we talked about it last time. Um, Peyton List. She's going to like a mall signing around uh, Kyle and I. In the beginning of January, so we might go do that. I don't know. Still, what's what, going cool. on with that? Fright Rags is coming. Made a Kickstarter for Saw Night Deadly Night. The game, the mm-hmm. board game. Is it by them? Uh, they're yeah, I, th- I guess so. They're doing it, but it's a Kickstarter, so it's funded by people. Uh, did you guys back it? I sent the fucking link. I didn't see it until I like sat down for this. So no, I I'll didn't back, back it. I'll back it afterwards. I, I was gonna back it, then I realized I'm not gonna do anything with it. It's thirty five fucking dollars. Okay, so I'd rather spend thirty five dollars mm. on something else. Like yeah. what? Taco Bell, Chick Fil A. Yeah. You know no. how many blizzards he could get with that? No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. either. I was Why don't you get him a gift card? See if that'll work. <laughs> I still have it in my wallet. I printed it. You should frame it. it. I'm going to. Yeah, there's that. Um, we talked about making sweatshirts, hopefully, or t-shirts we can make for this podcast. Hopefully, that actually happens, and we do yeah. that. Still gotta talk to people about that. Yeah, talk to the people in here about it. Just me and you. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone else is here. <laughs> uh, other than that, nothing really. Honestly, I forgot Brady was here. He, his screen's so dark. I don't know yeah, what's happening. Gotta put a light on, bro. He doesn't fucking can't afford light bulbs or something. Got to work overtime today. We're, we're doing fucking Black Christmas, so trying to oh, okay. really but sink yeah, into nothing it. Nothing else going on. What's going on with you, Kyle? Uh, well, I think I'm gonna assert my dominance, and I'm gonna get a ticket to Spider-Man tomorrow and then text you all spoilers <laughs> because good thing I don't read my text messages. I'll go tonight. <laughs> you know what? I'll go at midnight. Rob's got a fucking point. He doesn't <laughs> read his text messages. <laughs> um, no, no, you read not... them. You just don't respond. Mm, gotcha. Even better. Uh, so yesterday was my work holiday party well, at a bowling birthday. alley like an hour away. <laughs> and it was just the worst time of my life and you actually I went? Never went. I I had to. They it was during company like time. From your job. Oh, you? it was fundatory. I don't know what that means. Mandatory fun? No, wasn't fun. Yeah, we were told was... that we have to bowl at least one game. Did you bowl? No, sure didn't. Not me. So you just ratted on yourself. Hopefully, no one from your job listens to this. Told my manager. I didn't hide it. We were all sitting right there. Said so we'll not be doing that. But uh, yeah, that's so you, about it. You didn't bowl. At all? No, I don't bowl. Oh. My mom used to go bowling. I was gonna say I thought it was in your blood. Every Wednesday, and uh, she used to take me, and that. I fucking hate it, and it's dumb and boring. And but yeah, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, that board <laughs> game, I backed it. Yeah, but you actually like what? What are you gonna do with it? I don't know. What am I gonna do with my fucking Resident Evil Three one that I spent like I've been trying to on? I've been trying to play with you, but you don't want to play. Which one? Two or three? Because I got both. Neither one two. of them get played. Yeah. Um, Johnny texted me and said he wants to play that again soon. What did so he we'll text you? T- today about the and but when he like texted me about the Silent Night Deadly Night board game before I even saw it today. 
Oh, that's weird. How did he see that? I don't know because I looked and it was like he texted me like ten minutes after I got the email. So I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, well, I saw Fright Rags posted the other day. Yeah, they've been they've been posting about it. Oh, um, it got yeah. delayed too. Like yeah, they were supposed to do it last them? week. Probably, I assume we tag him enough shit. So yeah, probably. Um, probably. Our friend Travis finally got accepted to uh, for some apartment complex in thing Raleigh, in North Carolina. North Carolina, so he's going to be moving down there. You might remember just... Trav from um, Halloween H show episode if you listen that far back or listen yeah. still. Uh, and I told him I'll help him with that when he moves. So we're going to help him do M- move stuff into his apartment. How much can he really I, have? I, I don't, was he going to carry a fucking bed or a dresser by himself? Maybe. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I uh, told him I'll, I'll help him with that. And yeah, that's pretty much all that's going on in my life because you know it's only been four days. So, mm-hmm. but the next time we record will be a little while away because we probably won't be until January. Yeah, we're definitely taking a little bit of a break for the next couple of weeks after this. Like, I yeah, we have yeah. to. Um, you know, holidays and also we really just kind of this. we and Brady's going been, away for like nine days. We've also been I'm bringing my laptop. In, so. Fuck that laptop. Better be bringing your fucking laptop. We're recording. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'll watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So we're going to move into the, you know, top three. And because this is a holiday-themed episode, we're in the holiday spirit. Our top three this episode is going to be the top three movies that put you into the holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, because Mark's the funny guy, we're going to start with him. He's going to tell us his uh, number three. So, this is the thing. Like, Rob texts us in our group chat. I don't really care about any of this shit. Like, I don't <laughs> care about holiday spirit or anything like this. I could watch a movie anytime, whenever. Yeah, that's what I do. I don't wait till Christmas to watch So, I could. I'm, I don't. Yeah, I could watch Black Christmas next month. We just you know? we went in fucking September to see Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, we saw that yeah. in September. That October, September, 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 September eighteenth or seventeenth or something like that. But um, yeah. So I don't know how this is gonna go because I feel like we all are gonna be pretty similar. Nope. Might. With no, no, no. I'm saying you don't. You just said you don't. You don't have like holiday spirit either. You don't care. Yeah. Who me? No, Kyle said that. I didn't say that. You just said you'll watch like Black Christmas, right? like you don't. Didn't you just? Yeah, say that? like I don't. I'll watch it whenever. It doesn't mean I don't get in the holiday spirit. He is probably one of the most Christmassy people I know on earth. Yeah, listen He's to Christmas idiot. music all day, every day in my car. You're an idiot. Thanksgiving to Christmas. <laughs> I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> so my number three, um, would have to be Silent Night Deadly Night. Hmm. There you go. Look at that. That's a pretty Christmassy movie. That's Why a does Christmas it get movie. Spirit? Because it's Santa and I love Christmas. Oh, I thought love- it was the boobies in it. Gets me okay, in the holiday yeah. spirit. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, anything quickly. like that will. Mm. Gets well, me in the holiday a- spirit. Okay. You guys need help. All right, Kyle, what's your number three? All right. So my number three is Friday After Next. That's a pretty Christmassy one. <laughs> no, I lied. That movie's That's, good, though. That is a Christmassy movie, but it ain't my... Number three. Um, it's actually Holiday with Emma Roberts. No, I like this. Can you fucking say what it is? <laughs> oh, okay, fine. The Star Wars Holiday Special. You've actually seen it? it? <laughs> I just can't that. I fucking hate you. Oh, no. It's actually Eight Crazy Nights by Adam Sandler. That's I've never seen that. for real. 2002. I've never, 
I've never seen it. Isn't that a Hanukkah I, movie? Yeah. It's about Christmas too, you cunt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he, it gets it, him it, in it's the about, holiday spirit. Yeah, it gets me in the holiday spirit. It's about shitting on both Hanukkah and Christmas. I could sing you those songs. I prefer you not. Can we, we just can record like a, a whole episode? A, special, yeah. a bonus yeah. episode? Kyle I sings can, the classics? I, well, they ain't classics, but I'll sing it to you. Wait, uh, yeah, so that's uh, my number three. Rob? Uh, yeah, so there's no way Kyle and I were ever going to have the same ones, especially because of my number three pick. He would never put this on a list, even if his life depended on it. Um, but uh, it's a series. So every like around Christmas time, I tend to like watching uh, the Harry Potter films. Oh my fucking! Jesus I told you, there's Christ. no way he was ever gonna have the that on a list. Is this bullshit? Well, I think it's because Susan pointed it out that like Hallmark Channel for years like ran the Harry Potter films on marathon like around Christmas time. So I guess like I got used to seeing them during that time of the year, and plus a lot of them have like Christmas like big Christmas scenes or stuff in them. So I don't know. Snows in that one. There's, no, they actually celebrate Christmas. They do that in Hogwarts? Like, Happy Christmas, Harry. Oh, I hate that. I fucking hate <laughs> that Happy Christmas shit. <laughs> fucking English fucks. You fu- if you were from England and you listen, fuck you. The one we person's just, gonna be like, God damn it. We just lost our entire you. I'm gonna go eat my fucking beans for breakfast or whatever they do. <laughs> fucking whole tomato. Drink their shitty tea, fucking dirt water. <laughs> Unless you're Florence P- Pugh, it's fine. Yeah, I love Florence Pugh. Mm, honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'll t- I don't even want to talk about her right now. All right, sure? so, uh, we don't have Brady, to. What's your number three? <laughs> uh, number three for me is uh, a Christmas story by Bob Clark, who oh. also did Black Christmas. And yeah, I'm you know my family was actually really against Christmas. Growing up, what the fuck? The family's did you against guys everything. Do? What did you guys do? So half. So my they mom sat in side a room the, and looked at each other. Yeah, my mom's side of the family was very much into Christmas, but when she remarried the guy who adopted me, they were like the religious part of the world that believes that like they can't celebrate Christmas because it's a pagan holiday. And oh, so they actually acknowledge that. That's what yeah. I like to see. So they were like, "Oh, the Bible says you can't bow down before trees," and like Jeremiah. So like they took that very literally and we just didn't have presents like my grandmother gave us like a card that said love you and had like 20 bucks in it but she wouldn't wrap presents or wouldn't put presents under a tree and all that but i do remember my mom was very much about christmas and watching part of the you know 24-hour marathon of a christmas mm-hmm. story so it's kind of stuck with me every year i love it and i had a red rider bb gun when i was growing up too so i never shot my eye out but uh it's just a great movie, and I think it's a great cast and classic. And I, I never stuck my fucking tongue on a, a cold, cold pole. So definitely taught me something. <laughs> yeah, we just it was uh, the only holiday we really celebrated was Easter, and because that was you know like the religious holiday. Gotcha. And even then, we ate a lamb, and I didn't understand that because like Jesus was supposed to be the lamb, so we're just eating Jesus. Uh, anyways. You drink his blood and eat his flesh at fucking mass anyway, right? Well, we weren't Catholic. That only Catholics do that? Oh, my God. Well, I think animals. Catholics and uh, Pentecostals, not Pentecostals. Those are the, the people who worship like snakes or whatever. Uh, Episcopalians. <laughs> Pescatarians. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. eat meat either. This only shellfish. The, the Jesus. 
Uh, but yeah, so that's my number three. Uh, I guess we'll go back to Mark. It was Mark. Mark. Yeah. Mark. So this is my number two, but it could be my number one. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so, know. so uh, it would be Black Christmas from 1974. Hmm. Would be my number two. So. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to follow that up with uh, my number two is Black Christmas from 1974. Wow. So, you know, as we talk about, I'm sure people understand. I'm assuming if they're listening, they understand. But yeah. So, Rob, what's your uh, number two? Uh, My number two is a lovely film from 1984. Gremlins. Mm. I love Gremlins. Uh, I think it's one of the best horror comedies that's pretty much ever been made. I would say it's definitely 110% a horror movie. Oh, it's definitely a horror movie. It's a horror comedy, 100%. It's a horror board. Uh, Santa, Santa Slays almost made this list. Uh, mm. I, don't know if, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's on my list to watch. Yeah. It's got, our guy, Bill, it's got our guy Bill Goldberg in it. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen, like, I've, I saw it. Does he have the cutoff sleeves in it? I've seen it, like, once, like, in one of those, uh, just, like, passing. And I was like, eh, no, I, Gremlins takes the spot on this one. Um, but yeah, it's just a fun movie and like it starts off like the wholesome seventies, eighties Christmas movies of the time. Like there's a little bit of mystery, but like the tone of the movie feels very jovial and Christmassy and like it takes a turn to be very dark and it sometimes takes like really dark turns. There's a character monologue on there. That's really dark. Um, technically a horror movie, right? Oh, it is a horror movie. hundred percent. Yeah. So. 100%. At some point, we're going to review it, so I don't want to talk too much about it. Like, I'll, I'll suggest it. This guy. <laughs> Thinks he's going to last that long. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what's your pick, Badford? Uh, number two for me is 1974's Black Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Odd man. Very out strange. Here. So, uh, you guys want to like kiss after this or something? Like, <laughs> I got herpes. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I do have a pimple here. It's very it makes me uncomfortable. I never get pimples. I don't know. It's not for me. Pimples are for weird people. All right, Mark. It's your number one. So my number one is the 2004 classic with Jamie Lee Curtis, Christmas with the Cranks. Oh my god! <laughs> what is that what movie? You mean, I system? hate that fucking movie. That movie is so good. It's so fucking funny. Every time I watch it, it is usually around Christmas because that's when I remember it. But it's so funny. It is one of the best Christmas movies of all time. If not the best Christmas movie. It is the best Christmas movie. I've never watched it. It's very good. You got Tim Allen in it. It's good. Jamie also, Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> Jake Busey. Busey? What's that? Busey. Busey. Uh, Dan Ackward's in it. Very good movie. Very underrated. I don't know. I looked at the... Um, I think Rotten Tomatoes got a five. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. So those people that... That reviewed it are assholes. <laughs> Honorable mention: Santa Claus from 1994. That's a good one. Tim Allen. Yeah, I was gonna say the one with Tim Allen. That's from 1994. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's that old. No, it is. Holy yeah. shit! I saw, I saw that in theaters too. Yeah, because he was still on. He was still doing Home Improvement. Well, mm-hmm. I don't think he's doing so, much of anything right now. So, yeah. Well, Christmas with the Cranks, number one. Kyle, what's your number one? You guys have maybe never heard of this. Um, it's a TV movie from 1986. Child of Rage. Called Babes in Toyland. Yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. have been talking about it for like 10 years since I've known you. 
Yeah, I love it. Every year you bring it up, no one's ever heard of it. Other than yeah, it was on TV. It was on TV one time, starring Drew Barrymore and Keanu Reeves, and it's amazing. Um, My honorable mention would probably be Merry Christmas, Drake and Josh, with Kimbo slices. (laughs) Santa Claus when he (laughs) comes to the chimney. Santa Claus. All right, Kimbo slice. Dad of five thousand killed him. But yeah, open investigation. Babes in Toyland. That movie like gets me right in the nostalgia. Love it. Mm. So how about uh, you, Rob? What's your number one, man? Uh, Put yeah, us so in the Christmas spirit. It probably won't, but uh, there's a sentimental reason behind it. Uh, but my number one is from 1987. It's Lethal Weapon. Um, I don't know if that's a Christmas fuck? movie. Well, so, I guess we didn't say it had to be a Christmas movie. It's well, movie. it does take place during Christmas. What is and this, the like final, a diehard effect? And the final fight scene takes place in the living room with Christmas trees and all Christmas time stuff and some sick jujitsu. So I think you just like it because it's got Mel Gibson and he hates Jewish people. Yeah. He hates <laughs> so, uh, so that's extra Christmassy. Yeah, it's extra Christmassy. There you go. Um, now, my so my dad really liked the Lethal Weapon films, and so did I when I was younger. And because of like life and everything, we didn't get to spend a huge amount of time together. Sometimes in the holidays, like, usually I was working or something, but when we usually used to sit down and stuff like that, like that's one movie that he always liked to watch. And I really like the lethal weapon series too. So like, I do remember watching that a lot with him during those holiday times when I could have breaks and everything. And just, you know, the fact that like it's take the film itself takes place around Christmas time. I mean, it, it works, you know, more Christmassy than Harry Potter. And it's got Mel Gibson and uh, Danny Glover. Good combo. Love those films. All right, Brad. Uh, so my number one is 1994's The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. It's were you allowed movie. to watch that when you were a kid? I was. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> a good movie. I was able you to watch Denny's? that before my mom got remarried. Uh, yeah, just, you know, whenever I think of Christmas, it's that movie comes to mind almost as much, if not the same amount as you know a christmas story and i just always like this one a lot more because you know it's funny he's turning into santa claus and doesn't know what's going on and i actually i didn't see the first one in theaters because i wasn't born yet but i did see the second one in the theaters, theaters and the third one um the and i love it Claus. yeah with uh martin short martin short the goat yeah and then i guess honorable mention i got a couple home alone is definitely up there gets me in the christmas spirit uh krampus from 2015, really I've seen it. Christmas spirit, and um, there's uh, my mom was a big fan of like the stop motion movies that always came on like ABC Family. Mm-hmm. So there was the one, The Year Without Santa Claus, that had like the heat miser and the cold miser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's always. I good. have all those on Blu-ray. Yeah, so yeah, that's me. I have another honorable mention. I forgot uh, Jingle All the Way. Mm. I didn't ever forgot about that. I, I I thought about putting that as my number three, but um, honestly, like. I don't watch it enough to where it puts me in the Christmas spirit. Because Simbad's um, in it. Yeah, yeah, Simbad, Arnie, um, and then that Fox fucking Eagle. kid. The fuck's that kid's name? Simbad too. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm surprised nobody said like Elf. Uh, I thought that I was, think that movie's I that funny. I, I liked like that one growing up. I never, I never really liked. I it feel like much. it's a. I feel like that's kind of a low moment for Will Ferrell, but whatever. It's a. I think it's a good movie. It's got Zoe Deschanel too, and she 
looking good always. So I don't know. Like I can watch it once in a while, but it's not one of those films where I'm like, oh my god, I have to watch Elf. It's Christmas time. Like yeah. Well, I think a lot of people. I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes like another uh, a Christmas story kind of thing where they start playing it 24 hours every Christmas. Oh yeah. Oh, it it already is 100. percent Like everywhere you go, it gets it is immediately associated with the Christmas season. Oh, another oh, yeah, honorable Elf. mention for me is uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch. That movie is good. Yeah. We just quoted it earlier. Hate, 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 <laughs> Loathe. But yeah, yeah, okay. So that's our uh, movies that get us into the holiday spirit. I hope we can help everybody else get into the holiday spirit. Or, you know, if you don't, um, you know, celebrate any holidays, uh, like, I don't know what you're doing. Fuck holidays. Celebrate something. What? Fuck. I said, fuck these holidays. Yeah. Ne- next time it's your birthday, dude, don't come hang out with us. Okay. All right. Don't invite me. Don't rent out a theater for my birthday. <laughs> you got it. Wow. Okay, so let's jump right into this movie. Uh, Black Christmas from 1974. Released December 20th, 1974. So right before Christmas. It's rated R and has a runtime of an hour and 38 minutes. For rad. Estimated budget of $620,000. And I could find no box office for this. I know it said there was a um, limited release, but I don't know. I forgot. I thought it was like 3.6 million or something. I read it. Or it was 3.6 to like 4 point something, I think, between that. I looked I on IMDb. I looked on the numbers. I looked on Box Office Mojo. None of them had anything. I believe it was 3.6 um, to, to 4.1 maybe when I saw it. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had a limited release. I know that, and because it's Canadian, I, it's kind of like uh, skewed or weird, or I don't know. Like it, so that six hundred twenty thousand dollars is that American money? Is that Canadian money? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but it holds right now a seven point two out of ten on IMDb on Rotten Tomatoes. It has seventy one percent on the Tomato Meter and a seventy five percent on the Audience Score, which is all you know. Um, and a 3.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So it's all about the same rating, honestly, all across the board for people. Um, obviously, we already said, directed by Bob Clark, who directed A Christmas Story, Porky's 1 and 2, and his best movie probably ever, Baby Geniuses. I don't know if you guys seen it, but... Oh, yes. That is a good movie. Did he also... What else did he direct? He was the producer on the 2006 remake of Black Christmas. Uh, when they say that though do they do they mean that like or is that just like one of of those things where he gets credit because i watched um a behind the scenes on that the other day and he was definitely like had a hand in it like they really consulted him on what they wanted to do gotcha did they consult him on the new one from 2019 or don't think so (laughs) i don't think so they didn't do a seance no (laughs) he didn't come back his fucking uh the ghost of christmas past no, fucking uh, Paul Walker no. killed his ass. I knew it. You know what? That's another honorable mention for me. I fucking love the uh, the Mickey's Christmas Carol. That one's good. Uh, that goofy part where he's gross Christmas past, dude. That's fucking scary. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if this helps at all, but like I'm just I kind of did a little bit of searching around for box office grossing. Mark, what number did you say? Three point one, three point six million. Yeah. So the on the Black Christmas fan page, like the fandom wiki, there's I mean I don't know if it's even reliable, but it says. Uh, that uh, through Warner Brothers uh, after the release in the United States, it grossed uh, just over $4 million, $4,053,000. Um, 
and that was accumulative after its secondary release in 1975 in New York City and Chicago after it had previously run under Silent Night, Evil Night. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's another thing. This ha- movie has uh, several names. If you try to look it up on... Uh, well, first of all, I tried downloading it just so because I, I was thought about putting it up on the um, hard drive or Google Drive for you guys. But well, it's on I, Peacock for free. Didn't even know that. So I didn't do that, but um, I did download it. And to find it on the site that I was looking at, I had to put in Silent Night, Evil Night, which luckily, you know, I know these things. So I knew to search that because um, Black Christmas it didn't show up. But then if you try finding it on, I don't remember if it's Letterbox. No, uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. If you look it up on there, it doesn't come up other Silent Night, Evil Night, or Black Christmas. It comes up as Stranger in the House. Mm-hmm. So it had many names. Yeah. Um, it was written by Roy Moore, who didn't really do too much else. I know he gets credited for the new, newer, or the you know remakes. It was of also these. it was also called Stop Me Too. Yeah. So they. I know Roy Moore was attributed to like producing or helping write the new ones, but it's just characters based on story based yeah. on kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He I, he don't he didn't do too much honestly. Um, so we'll get into some of the characters because you know some of these uh, people are pretty well known, like Olivia Hussey, who played Jess, the main character. She of course was in the It miniseries. I forget Romeo what the character she played. Played uh, Audra. Yeah. Uh, Psycho 4, which I didn't even know was a TV movie. Yeah, she plays, uh, what's her name? Norm Bates' mom. And then the Ice Cream Man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remember her in Ice Cream Man, but she's in Ice Cream Man. She was the one eating ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Then we have Peter, who was played by Keir Dullia. Dullia. Yeah, sounds right. Uh, he was in 2001: A Space Odyssey, and that's the only thing I really like would recognize. I don't know if anybody else looked into him, but I looked through his whole thing, and I, that's yeah. nothing that stood out to me. Um, of course, we got Barb, played by Margot Kidder. Rip. Yep, rip to her. Um, the Enemyville Horror. She was in Superman one, two, three, and four as Lois Lane. So I think that's probably her biggest credit. I yeah. would say most well known for that. She was in Captain Planet and the Planeteers or whatever the fuck the rest of it's called, but she played Gaia in that. She was in and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And that's the only big stuff that I think like worth noting. But um, then we have, of course, Lieutenant Ken Fuller, our guy John Saxon. Love him. He, well, everyone Rip. should know him as. The father from Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 3. And then he came back for New Nightmare. And he was also in The Bees. Do you guys like The Bees or no? Uh, I've never seen it. Beyond Evil, Tenebrae, which, you know, if you want to, you can go listen to a review on that over uh, on our channel under the Bloodstained series. The Scorpion with Two Tails, which is another Giallo. So I think he was doing a lot of work in or overseas because um, he was, he was, no, not Enter yet. The dragon. Say, he did you say that? Enter the Dragon. And then he also did From Dusk Till Dawn. I thought we did a movie with mm. him in it. Didn't we? He just died recently, didn't he? Yeah. 
He just uh, died like in July, yeah. last year or something. Yeah, he was. I, I know he was in Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Rob, listening to us? Rob, Rob <laughs> you're gonna sit on it now. No, no, I'm just saying. Like, I don't like. No? I, I don't really think like outside of that, I can't remember him doing anything. Why do I feel like we talked about him on a podcast before? I feel like we have. Why do you sound just, like you're eight fucking years away now? You moved that because my fucking head was itchy, itchy. I'm, like, uh, itchy, itchy. I'm just I, saying, like as soon as I saw him, that's where I recognized him from with Enter the Dragon. That's like what we said, you know. But like yeah. I can't picture him. He's like one of those faces where I'm like, wow, I feel like I've seen him in tons of movies, but like I can't pin. Yeah, the, the dad on Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> like that's probably like one of his biggest roles. Totally I, forgot he was even in that. What? Well, I haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street in like 10 you years. You definitely oh recognize my God, him. Here we go. You definitely fucking recognize him from Tenebrae then. Like, you have to. <laughs> I don't think he's seen that one. Oh, uh, never, never, never seen mind. It. Never heard uh, of her. Then, of right. course, we have uh, Mrs. Mack, played by Marion Waldman. It's my favorite character. The only other, like, thing she was in, I mean, she was in, like, six things that's included, but she was in Deranged Confessions or Necrophile, so I think that's my favorite movie ever. Yeah, or it sounds like it would one. be. Um, then we have Phyllis slash Phil, played by Andrew Martin. She has a lot of fucking credits to her name, but a lot of TV credits too. Yeah, um, she of course was in Black Christmas, the 2006 one. As she played Miss Mac. That, mm-hmm. Yep, the house mother. Um, besides that, I don't know if she did any other like horror type shit. I don't think so, but no. I mean, unless you call my big fat Greek wedding a, a horror movie. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Is it? Uh yeah, <laughs> and then we have Chris Art Hindle. I don't know if you guys ever seen anything he's in, but he was in The Brood, which you know that movie looks like it'd be good, but it really isn't. So please just don't waste your time and watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that like, that was a huge letdown for me. Yeah, that it like everyone like I feel like hypes it and the imagery and it looks cool, but then you watch it and you're like, this is fucking weird. Just people beating up little kids. Um, and then it, he's in Invasion of the Body Snatchers and The Void from, I believe, 2016. Oh, I don't nice. know if anybody saw that. That was like an indie movie. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure they did an indie go-go for that. Uh, I forgot what the else they came. They, like, either just funded another movie or they came out with another movie. I have um, no idea. Yeah, I've either seen it. The Void, no it's worth, very no worth watching. Idea. Very worth watching, I would say. Um, and yeah, that's like that's all the big characters. Unless you guys saw something I didn't see, like maybe that taxi driver played someone cool in something else. Yeah, yeah honestly, yeah. like a lot of it, I didn't really recognize much of anybody outside of John Saxon. And then uh, Olivia yeah, Hussey. You, I don't know if you know, but John Saxon was in uh, Enter the Dragon. So really, <laughs> yeah. Wow, Olivia Hussey, wow. man. Uh, Mark was trying to get her to go to Monster Mania. Yeah. yeah. I tweeted to her and she said she would like love to or something. But then I was like, when I was doing research, like um, I saw like when they would, they, I guess they did a film festival every year in California or somewhere. And they would always play, they'd play black Christmas and they would ask her to go. And she was like, yeah, no, I'm like shy around like big crowds. And then I she could finally, see that. And then she finally went, uh, I think in 2007 or 2008. So I wish she would go. I, I would love to meet her. Honestly. I don't know if she's ever done conventions. I've like looked into that and I've never seen her at any, um, because it made me think, like, because uh, when I saw um, the girl who plays Barb, um, Margot oh, Kitty, okay. she was going to Motor City Comic Con, Motor City Comic Con in 2018. I'm like, oh my god, it'd be so sick, like, um, to meet her. And then, like, the next day, it was like she killed herself. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, not good. Yeah. yeah. 
but um i don't also um did you i when i was doing research too like uh when she when she did um olivia hussey was um auditioning for the role of roxanne in the movie roxanne with steve martin she met him and he's like oh my god i love your movie and she's like oh like romeo and juliet she's like no black christmas that's like my favorite movie like how weird is that like steve martin likes black christmas that doesn't surprise me i feel like so movies were a lot fewer and far between back then and i from the way people talk about this movie like in old interviews it seems like this was a pretty big movie like people in the industry at least had seen it Mm -hmm. you know um I know that, of course, there's that famous story of um, Bob Clark talking to, I don't know where they were or what they were doing together, but he was talking to John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, John Carpenter said, like, oh, would you ever make him like a sequel to Black Christmas? Like, what would be the concept? And then he was like, oh, I don't know. I'd probably like make it so like the killer was institutionalized and broke out like in the next fall and uh, placed it around Halloween. And I'd probably call it Halloween. And he would like, was go like to the, hmm, yeah. he would go to so the sorority house, the and, and he would go to the sorority house and like killed like girls there or something like that. Okay. So yeah, and then he's like, he's like, and he even said like in the interview, he said, um, like, yeah, you could ask John, he might not remember, but I do, and that 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 we had that conversation. Damn. I, don't, I think he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's you? what I do. I'd be like, I've never met you. Who are you? <laughs> oh, Christmas Story. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I think uh, my horror <laughs> movies. I think my horror movies more successful than yours, so we just call it quits here. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a pretty interesting story. Besides that, I didn't find a whole lot on this movie. Um, no, I know they said they feared with the name Black Christmas that people would think it was like a black exploitation movie too. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, that so was very, what, very very very. That's big why at they that made. Time. That's why they made it like Silent Night, Evil Night too. Yeah, not and two, I'm, but two. I'm sense. surprised that this. Well, I don't know. This movie didn't get as much hate as something like um, Silent Night, Deadly Night did. Well, they said they toned down a lot of the horror and gore in this movie when they like did the kills and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was gonna say they, they, they also not because someone wanted them to. They said they they think the movie would be, be better the way they did it. Yeah, they. I mean, they also didn't make Santa Claus kill people, so I think that was a big problem that people had yeah. with that movie. But yeah. Um, yeah, for a Christmas horror movie, I want to say this set that trend of setting horror movies on uh, holidays. holidays. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because I can't see anything. I really can't think of anything before this. Mm-hmm. What time yeah, of year well, is the Blob set? I have no fucking. Is, is it the summer? Yeah, I thought. So. I always felt like I always felt that was around a holiday, but I can't remember. Maybe July Fourth. Yeah. In the remake, at least it is. But I don't, I've never seen the original, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, other than that, I mean, this kind of does set the trend. It, I mean, this is my first time watching it, so I could definitely see how it set some of the trends for films that succeeded it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll just jump right into the movie. Let's do it. Starts with a title card over a shot of the front of the house. Does it say you Black get... Christmas? Well, that's what a title card is, isn't it? Okay. Isn't it? Uh, then it says, uh, where we get the Silent Night song performed by the choir of King's college Cambridge. And I think that this particular version of it fits the movie very, very well. Mm. Um, And it definitely sets it in that time period. We see Jess who enters the Pi Kappa Sigma house Um, following distantly is an unknown person who approaches the house, looking up at the front of it 
and kind of looking through the windows and they make their way up the like lattice that's outside of the house and into the window at the top of the house. Yeah, I don't know how that didn't break. I feel like in real life, if you climbed a lattice, it would fall apart. I don't know because they were I've probably real so many wood movies back then. and TV shows when it happens. But I feel like when I like I'm outside and I see that I'm like, dude, if I climb that, the whole thing's coming down. And like nobody, and, and I'm, you know, you kind of get shocked. Like as he's climbing the lattice, he goes into the window upstairs at the attic window, and I'm like, nobody, nobody's hearing this guy just stomping around up there, like crawling into the attic. Well, there's a lot of those problems in this movie, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, with, yeah. no, keep going, Rob. No, I'm just saying. My my big compliment to this is I liked how they handled the title screen. Um, I thought you were gonna say know. how they just ignored the fact that everybody would hear him. <laughs> No, I, <laughs> they just, I, I like the titles. I like the titles. It was very quick. I like the, the, I like what you said about the music, um, uh, because I feel like at times music is used pretty well in this, uh, one scene I have a gripe with, but that's down the line. But in general, I like, I compared to last week's movie where the title sequence took nine years. Yeah. Mm. It was nice to have a title sequence that took like nine seconds and we were into the movie. Yeah. yeah. Nothing will ever beat scream. Like it's scream and then it starts. Yeah. That's still um, the best cold open of any horror film, in my opinion. So I agree with Mark. Um, but also, so they filmed this, I guess, uh, like December, January, February, when it's supposed to be snowing in Canada. And they said it wouldn't snow. So they had to use like foam for fake snow, like for the I, whole movie. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Because hmm. even like later on, where they're, when they're in like the, the, um, the park scene, if you remember the outside, mm-hmm. yep. they said it was like 10, 10 degrees to so like negative degrees outside and it still wouldn't snow. Mm-hmm. It but you can tell like... it's actually cold. That's the yeah, funny yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So inside on the first floor, Barb is, receives a call from her mother as the Christmas party behind her is dying down. The unknown person makes their way down a ladder from the attic and kind of peers down the stairs at Barb, who seems to be arguing on the phone with her mother. And Claire... Uh, a girl who is in the sorority is kissing her boyfriend, Chris, goodnight before he leaves. And then after getting off the phone, Barb walks into the next room, asking the other girls if they want to go skiing for a few days while pouring herself another drink. So there's a lot of shots of her drinking in the beginning of this. She's a drunk lady, I think. It's called a lush. She was definitely it. Or an alcoholic, whatever you want to call him. Probably an alcoholic. Probably an alcoholic. (laughs) Uh, the phone rings again, and Jess goes over to answer, and she like screams hello. Like, oh, this is the second time she answers the phone. But dude, the yeah. way she says hello, me and Mark always make fun of it. She's like, hello, hello. <laughs> like, she answers like, if I was on the other end, I'd be like, stop fucking yelling. Um, it's the moaner. Yeah, she announces to the whole house that it's the moaner calling again, and they all kind of stand around listening as the caller makes these strange noises, yelling, saying obscene and sexual things. And the then best eventually, part he's like, "My juicy cock." <laughs> Dude, I had I like I was thinking because I never I don't watch things with subtitles, but like mm-hmm. during this part, I said, "I'm putting on subtitles. We're gonna find out exactly what this guy's fucking saying today." So also during this too, they just they did they did the audio later on. So the girls yeah. didn't know what he, he was actually saying because they said they didn't want to like actually like roast them out or anything like that or make them uncomfortable listening to him. So they said they were just like say stupid stuff on the phone, but nothing like like, oh, you little cunt or the cock or whatever. Like, so they yeah, did, yeah. that was after the fact. Yeah, the stuff that was actually said was really toned down compared to what was put yeah. in after editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says he's going to kill her and hangs up. Love that yeah. scene. 
And then Claire thinks Barb shouldn't provoke the caller and says something about like uh, how a townie, I guess, was like raped recently. And then Barb tells her like, you can't rape a townie. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Different times. Yikes. Uh, Claire heads upstairs to pack for her holiday with her family. Just as Mrs. Mack like bangs on the front door calling out for someone to open it since it seems that it gets stuck shut every once in a while and it's been doing it a lot recently while packing Claire heads into her closet to grab some clothes she hears a meow coming from the closet and she goes in to look for Claude her cat but that was just on the bed when she walked into the room so or maybe it was like a house cat Um, and then she's grabbed from behind the hanging shirts and is suffocated to death with the plastic that's usually hanging around you know garments that's that's I don't know. This scene makes me so mad because, like, it's. I almost would rather her walk in and be like, "Hey, hello, kitty," and like walk in there. How many times are we going to do like cut back and forth with her? Be like, "Hello, hello, are you in there? Any who, the who is that?" It's that's. Listen, the air of suspense snapped when I was like, "Can we just kill her already?" Damn, you're impatient, you fuck. I am impatient, um, but we'll talk I, about that a little later. I probably but, wouldn't do well with Giallo films, would I? The tones of this movie. Some of them, but, at, might. but while this is if you watch the like, one I just watched, you would you'll be like, <laughs> this is a okay with me. I'll tune in for that episode. You should be tuning in for all of them. Okay, Brady. All right, go to Starbucks. While this is happening, like she's getting killed, you don't. No one downstairs hears it because they're still like very loud. Well, Miss Mac is trying on her nighty. Yeah, but when they they pan it downstairs, everyone's they, even though they're like the party's over, it's still very loud. I believe well, today they would say they are still lit. <laughs> oh. Well, the party was over, but again, like he said, like they're having uh, Mrs. Mac try on her nightgown, and they're all like, being, you know, fucking. I thought that was a moo moo. Fucking girls about it. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> moo moos? I guess it could have been a moo moo. I just assumed it was like, I thought there was going to be some big reveal, like it was going to be something obscene on the front of the shirt. Yeah, and that's why they were like, "Try it on," because they were like really pushing her, like, "Come on, you have to try it on." And then it's just um, some like dumbass shirt that she knew it, it was. It looks like something like a grandma down in Georgia would wear when she's sipping lemonade. Like, <laughs> and I think that's the point. Like, it's not ev- those are never in style, and they make you look like an old bitch. But like, they still like they. I think they like her, but they like also making fun of her with her. Yeah, and she kind of knows the role that she plays. Like, she's like, "Yeah, I watch over these girls, but like, I'm not going to ruin their fun while they're in college." Mm-hmm. So. Think she's a little bit of a party animal too, as we see. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. She's uh, telling you she's my favorite character in this whole whole movie. Yeah, because while they're trying on the nightgown, making all the noise, it, the killer, you know, is able to get Claire's body up the ladder into the attic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know how he did that one, but um, I'm like picturing then, like the Andy Dick theme, like the whistle, like yeah. as he's just like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then after, <laughs> after. Uh, Telling the girls that the party's over and dispersing them, Mrs. Mac takes a drink from one of her hidden bottles of booze. I think this one's in Beast of Booze. I I didn't see what book it was, but she was like, oh, yeah, this one. I would assume it's like uh, encyclopedias or something, because like you said, it's a B for booze, right? Is that what she says? I think so. Yeah, it was so funny. And like you can see how janky that cutout is in the book. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you ever think about it, those would like the pages would not do well if you cut a hole in them to put anything in them, you know? We'll try. There'd be no structural integrity there. Um, so another phone call comes. This time, it's Peter calling for Jess. 
He says, I think this is the only time that like Jess doesn't answer the phone is when somebody calls for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, that's a good, that's a good every point. other time she's answering the phone. Um, this time it's Peter. Uh, he says he missed the party because he's been practicing for days, but just hopes, uh, just hopes that he can make it uh, make time to see her soon because she has to talk to him about something. Then he apologized for being short with her and they say goodnight. I love you. I know. I know. Yeah, that's an ouchie, isn't it? Yeah, that's mm. a. That's well, Han Solo made it down. seem badass, so. The relationship's going downhill. That's true. I think Rob I just think looked it. at me like he'd never seen fucking Star Wars before in his life. And I've only seen Star Wars me. 3, so. Well, you definitely <laughs> you didn't see, see the one I'm talking about. Okay. Brady. Star Wars 3, the best? Yes. Yeah. I saw the, I saw the Ewok special. That one's not bad. So, brushing her <laughs> teeth before bed, uh, Mrs. Max searches the medicine cabinet oh and then I looks in this. the back of the toilet, <laughs> pulling <laughs> another hidden bottle of booze to, uh, from the tank by the toilet. The uh, way she it. pulls, the way she pulls that out, it's like a little fishing line. Like, but like, it's just so far in there, and I'm like, oh my god! And she doesn't wipe it off or anything. She just unscrews it, throws it back, and I'm like, that's well, technically, it's all clean water. Yeah, the back of that's clean. You can just yeah. I mean, you, you definitely get some like rust and like that's what I'm saying. Like, old deposits, not, but not clean. Look, whatever she was drinking, I don't think she was worried about rust and other metal deposits. But I like how she's not even drinking it to drink at that time. She's using it as mouthwash. No, she uses it to rinse out her mouth and then she takes another sip yeah, she hits it again so, uh then jess walks up to claire's door knocking on it to check in on her and we get a shot of claire like sitting in a rocking chair plastic still tight around her head with her mouth open in a permanent gasp for air iconic in the attic very iconic um the girl who plays claire i guess they made like a poster for some viewing of it 40th anniversary let me see hold on 40th anniversary of it. Yeah, that's what it was. And she was on the poster and she's like, I love the fact that this is so like iconic because they put it on everything and I love I, I love seeing my face. Yeah. I doubt she's getting paid every time, but no, definitely not. No. I wear a shirt with it on and I can guarantee she's not getting paid for it. Not a single penny. <laughs> she might even have to pay them. Say, please yeah. use my face. <laughs> um, the next day, Claire's father asks a student if he knows Claire, saying he's been waiting outside for her for a while. And the oh student God, directs I him. He needed this guy. Why? He's a frat. He's a frat, bro. No, the dad. Oh, the dad. (laughs) What movie did you watch? I thought you meant the 70s, like fucking (laughs) 40 frat, bro. (laughs) I you said the dad was in a frat. I'm like, I don't know about that one. Mr. Harrison's fucking cool as fuck. Fuck. He happens to run into the one, like the first person he runs into, he knows Claire or knows of her. Oh, I think they all knew Claire. (laughs) Oh, he wasn't paying for her to meet boys. Did you know he was only like 50 when this was recorded? He looked like or... he's 5,900. He looks yeah, like I know. dying. Yeah. People didn't age well back then. No, uh, right? That's so weird. So at the house, Mrs. Max says her bags, uh, that Claire's bags are packed, but she isn't at the house. And maybe she's at the common room where they're having a party for underprivileged children. And Patrick, who's Phyllis's boyfriend, is dressed as Santa, bitching about how um, he was supposed to go skiing with Phyllis. Or no, he was supposed to go away with Phyllis, uh, but then Barb asked her to go skiing, so now she's going skiing with her, and he was looking forward to three weeks. Bitch! I love how the kid's on his lap the whole yeah. time. Ho, 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 fuck. <laughs> also, before, also before this, too, this is another reason why I hate Claire's dad. When he's in the house and she's showing him around, he's like, I'm not happy about this. I'm going to be doing something about this. That, that guy's right a fucking here, loser. Yeah. I'm like, so, what are you going to do, huh? That guy's a loser. That's why we don't like him. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. He's not down with the good times. I'm kind of glad his daughter died. Okay. Okay. Right. I wouldn't go as far as saying that. Well, you know, I think this is the point where we wrap up shop. <laughs> uh, we end the episode before we uh, go downhill anymore. Um, so Mr. Harrison, he shares his disapproval in the sorority house and how he thinks his daughter might be spending her time, time like, you know, doing nefarious things. Um, and he offers to give Mrs. Mack a ride, though, to where she needs to go so he can also look for Claire at the fraternity house. This, I, I do have to say this scene is great because her hands are on that poster. <laughs> Of the eleven yeah. sex and just the look that she gives him, where she's like trying to get out the door without him seeing and let the door close. Yeah. It's just, it's so good. Yeah, her her facial reactions are so good in this. I'm surprised she honestly didn't have a lot of acting roles because she's not bad. Yeah. Uh, while drinking and getting ready, Mrs. Mac hears Claude meowing, so she goes out into the hall to look for him cursing him because she dropped her things on the stairs while looking for him. And then Mr. Harrison pops his head into view and she thanks him for giving her a ride. And then as soon as he turns around to go back down the stairs, she gives him the fucking finger. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, comedy gold. Uh, Jess meets up with Peter where he's practicing and reveals to him that she is pregnant. He is elated, but she tells him she wants an abortion. And that kind of dampens his mood. This is and, another thing because he says you won't be doing that. Yeah. Nowadays you can't be doing, you can't be saying that stuff. Well, they still people still say it. that's what Texas is all about, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> and he thinks that she doesn't care about uh, what he wants or thinks, and he tells her to leave. But before she walks out, he says he would like to talk to her about it at, tonight, even though she doesn't think there's anything to talk about. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. He says, you need to leave. He says, oh, yeah, I want to talk to you tonight. Because she, when she says, I'm getting an abortion. Yeah. And he says, I don't want you to. Get the fuck out. And she's like, all right, still getting one. Bye. And he's right. like, actually, like, we really need to talk about this still. on my way. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she's like, yeah, I don't think there's anything to talk about. He's like, well, I still want to see you. So we need to talk. She's like, okay. So she's a very strong, independent woman. She don't need this motherfucker. No. Mm-hmm. She needs me in her life. Love you, Liver Hussy. This Call motherfucker me. who can't even play piano. Oof. Me? Pianist. No, no, oh, not I, you. I, don't I can't play piano either. Mr. Harrison doesn't find his daughter at the party for the children, um, but he calls home to let his wife know that uh, he isn't worried and that he will try to please next if he can't find her. And back at the house, the phone rings and Jess answers again. It's the obscene caller again, looking for Billy, saying crazy and erratic things in different voices. Barb and Phil go to uh, go with Mr. Harrison to file a police report, but the officer on duty, who's Sergeant Nash, I believe, Nash, uh, doesn't seem to be too concerned or worried about Claire's disappearance, thinking she probably just went off with a guy or something like that. Nine percent of the time, the girl's in a cabin with her boyfriend. <laughs> The dad so then, didn't like that. Mr. Harrison didn't like that one. He asks Barb for the number to the sorority house, and she tells him it's fellatio 20880, <laughs> saying it's a new exchange, and it spells it out for him. You know. So I didn't... Also, back then, phone numbers sometimes had letters in the beginning of them or something like that. So that's I why she's... assume that's like a Canadian thing. Uh, maybe, yeah. yeah. But so back then, that's when they had it. So it would be like F-E, then you would put the number. Or if you think about it, maybe because I think a lot of numbers, well, at least in North America, were only seven Six, digits. Yeah, seven digits. 
Yeah, because three and then four. So yeah. F E and then two, that'd be the first three, and then O eight eight O. So that'd yeah. be um but also I'm not from Canada and the seventies, so I don't know shit. Uh Jess still at the house helps Mrs. Mack open the front door again, and she tells Jess that Claire's dad was just there and that no one has seen her. Oh, we gotta go back for a second. Isn't this yeah. the part when they're at the police station they find out that the other girl is missing? Uh no. Oh, I thought that that was at the police station. It is at the police station. Yeah, that's coming up. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Jess goes to the ice rink and asks Chris, because this is when. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Asks Chris if uh, he's seen Claire and that no one has seen her. And he said he thought she went home. The police won't, aren't taking it seriously. Yeah, he says she's supposed to go home and like, nope, never showed up to meet her dad. And then when he's hanging out with that guy anyway. Well, they're like, yeah, the police think he's just shacked. She's shacked up with some guy. He's like, "Yeah, no, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm they're not being I'm the alpha." <laughs> dude, I uh, loved his coat though. Dude, Fuck it is pretty. I could get one like that. Yeah, it almost reminds me of like um, Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil Four. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter has his audition playing piano in front of a panel of people. He's like sweating, sweating like a fucking pig, this motherfucker. Oh. I have never played piano in my life, but as he was playing, I was like, yeah, that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't look like they were happy, I'll tell you that. I don't know about this one, bro. You ain't gonna win. That was, that was the, <laughs> or whatever the worst doing. interpretation of poop I've ever heard. <laughs> you seen that video of that guy playing the music wrong, and then he like, it sounds good, but he turns it upside down, and then he's playing it right? Yeah, Peter wasn't playing anything that good, I'm going to tell you. And he was yeah. supposed to be looking at it correctly. So uh, <laughs> then at the, like Peter. And this is where at the police station, a woman is telling Lieutenant Fuller that her daughter hasn't come home and that she's missing. Uh, Chris and Jess kind of barge into <laughs> the police station and uh, Chris tells Lieutenant Fuller that Sergeant Nash didn't take it seriously and he wants something done. So Fuller takes them into his office. And this is when Chris is like the, another Canadian thing when he's like, Out. <laughs> yeah. And it's also funny because Out. on Fuller's desk, this is obviously filmed in Canada. It's takes place in Canada, but they try to trick you, make it seem like it's America because there's a little American flag on Fuller's desk. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just love when that part when I don't know why he says out, though. He's just say come out here or something like that. And he's like, Out. Mm-hmm. I love it honestly. I wish I, I wish I had a natural tendency to say oot about oot. things. What you talking oot. about? Mr. Harrison tells Mrs. Mack at the house that he can't eat and feels like he should be doing more. Um, Barb interrupts them with drunken facts about turtles and how they can <laughs> fuck for three days straight. And that that species is sea turtles, I think that it was, or is it hundred? They can live to one hundred and fifty. She says, no. "That would be I don't know. Wait, probably land, turtles, is it land I tortoises?" Look, I look, no, I yeah, looked at them. I think it's sea turtles that can bang for three days. Uh, how did she watch sea turtles for three days? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I could be wrong though. When no one responds to her, she says she thinks they're all. Uh, they think it. She thinks that they think it's all her fault, and she tells them to just kind of get out with it. And then after her outburst, Phil tells Barb to go to bed because she's drunk, and then she kind of like fuck, <laughs> goes fuck off you to bed all ashamed. I think it takes Phil, you know, her friend, being like, hey. You're drunk. Yeah, Stop. You, you need you need to go to sleep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but then then we find out who the real killer is, the killer of the piano. I I I literally can't stand it. like the way he minute like the way it's set up and like he Peter's like looking at like everybody's gone 
and Peter's just staring like menacingly. Like he opens the piano and it's like, and throws the top off the piano. Like I don't even like so aggressively. And he just, I, I don't know. Was that a mic stand that he picked up? That's what it looked it like. like a mic stand. Yeah. And he just starts smashing the soundboard of that piano. And I, all I could think was, I'm like, you're at a conservatory. That is not your piano. You are going to jail. It didn't seem like he gave a fuck. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that. So obviously we're meant to see that he is a person who is unstable and violent and start to cast some heavy aspersions on him. But uh, I just felt bad for that piano. So um, rest in peace, piano. And then Jess and Chris get back to the house and get Mr. Harrison and Phil to join a search party to look for the missing girl and Claire together. Um, But before they leave, Mrs. Mack tells Phyllis that she's going to her sister's for the holidays and she might not be there when she gets back. And Phyllis just asks her to check on Barb before she leaves because Barb's upstairs sleeping it off now. Mm. A silhouetted figure is seen walking like uh, in the view of the house and squatting in a tree nearby, taking a shit. As you do. It's smoky back here taking a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't going to tell no one else. (laughs) Uh, The taxi driver arrives for Mrs. Mack, but before she can walk out, she starts to search for Claude again after thinking that she hears a meow. She notices the open attic hatch and climbs up to look for him, yelling to the beeping taxi that he can wait. And she gets to the top of the ladder and the killer's uh, the killer in the attic swings a hook at her just as she notices Claire's body in the rocking chair, hooking her and pulling her up into the attic before closing the hatch door. And then after watching the taxi driver drive away, the killer starts to throw a little temper tantrum in the attic. I think he sings to himself a little bit, and then he's like, <laughs> or whatever he does. Spot on. It's good. That was, it. wow. We, we don't even have practicing. to insert the audio clip now. Yeah, dude, I've been practicing literally for years. Um, A girl in the search party stumbles upon the body of a missing girl, causing herself and the mother to scream. And Jess gets back to the house just in time to catch the phone ringing. She's always the one answering the phone, man. Hello? Uh, Hello? Hello? She answers it, and the caller again. It's the caller again, and uh, this time... Moaner. The moaner. The moaner 60 boner. (laughs) Moaner Lisa. There you go. Uh, and then this time he's pleading for help uh, before screaming that he knows what Billy has done. She hangs up and searches the house for Mrs. Mack. Um, and then she, when she grabs the phone to start calling the police, she's startled by Peter who comes up behind her from upstairs saying that he was napping and she woke him up with her yelling on the phone. <laughs> Just napping in your house. Sorry. I was outside. You're waiting, but you took too long. So I decided to go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asks how the recital went, but he doesn't seem very responsive when it comes to that. <laughs> like, huh, what? What? Huh? What? Huh? Uh, she starts to uh, report the obscene phone calls, and we see like Sergeant Nash on the other end again, not taking the report seriously. Uh, but when he repeats the address to the sorority house out loud, it catches the attention of Mr. Harrison, Phyllis, and Chris. After the call, Jess informs Peter that a girl was found murdered in the park, and he tries to comfort her, saying that Claire will be all right and will pop up eventually. But he also says he's quitting the conservatory and that he wants to get married, but she doesn't think that's a good idea since she has plans for her own, her own life, too. Yeah, she this was... Give... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
I was like, this is the coldest letdown I've ever seen in a film in my life. Like, this is bad. Like, she's first, she's like, you know, it's not really fair for, you know, you to give up in your dreams and expect me to do the same. And, you know, I can't live out all my ambitions. And Peter's like, babe, I'll worship you. I'll do anything for you. Like, you can live out all your dreams. He goes, yeah, I guess you're not really getting it. I just don't want to marry you. And I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, he was like, well, you can do whatever you want. The we got right to it, you. didn't we? I hate Peter, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't marry him either. Can't play I just, piano. I just love, I just love how she just turns around and just so, just like literally just looks at him. She's like, "Yeah, Peter, I don't want to marry you." I'm like, "Okay." We didn't. This didn't become a four-hour subplot. We we got the answer. Well, she, she should be upfront about those things, and she was. And he's just but a little bitch boy about it. What I'm saying is, like, so many other movies, like they dance around it, and there's like all this other stuff. Like, she just was like. Yeah, okay, you're not getting the hint, buddy. Let me just tell you right now. Like I said, she's an independent woman. She don't need this bitch boy. She's getting the abortion now. She don't need no baby. I mean, man. <laughs> well, baby. Yeah. Or both. baby. Baby man. Baby man. Man, man baby. Man baby Peter. He does kill them both. <laughs> anyway, All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, All right. At the station, Lieutenant Fuller tells Sergeant Nash that he thinks they should look into the obscene phone calls, being that, you know, Claire, who was missing, also lives at the house receiving the phone calls. He picks up the phone to give them a call and sees what Nash has written as the number for the house. He calls Nash over to have him explain to him uh, what's been written. And Nash tells Fuller it's fellatio F E. It's a new exchange. She gave it to me. Yeah. (laughs) She gave it to you. Yeah. And then after Fuller and the other officer have a nice little laugh about it, Nash gets it something perverted or what does he say he's like he's like oh i get it something dirty yeah that's what it is. but like I, what i love so to me this was like a master class in comedy because to me comedy sometimes the absence of things like allowing silence to sit and so when uh ken lieutenant fuller yeah mm-hmm. right when he walks back to his desk the other detective's still laughing just like any one of us would in any yeah. it's almost like it's not active like that guy's just laughing because he's how funny it is and then there's this long silence and they're all just and they're just sitting there and he's like oh i get it it just like yeah. like that it's so the timing is so good on that and it's so believable and i literally thought that was travis just the, so, all the all the way it's like worded too like she gave it to you yeah it's He's almost like, like that scene wasn't acted. It's so good. Like, it's so good. It's like very believable. Like that's something stupid that could happen. John Saxon actually looks like he's smiling too about it. That's, I don't know. It's <laughs> a good part. All the, all around. Um, Peter gets very upset and tries telling Jess that she is not getting an abortion. But when he starts getting a little too riled up, Jess, Jess tells him to leave. And he walks out the door just as Phyllis Fuller and the other officer are coming in. Fuller taking note of Peter and his demeanor. Like nice rhyme. stuff. Yep. Jess gets introduced to Ful- Fuller and they get to work tapping the phone to listen to the phone calls. Uh, and so they can also try to trace the phone calls once they come in. Fuller checks out Claire's room and asks some questions. Uh, the other officer goes over what he's done with the phone, asking if there's other phones in the house. And they say yes. But Fuller points out that it's a different number to that phone so and it also hasn't received any phone calls on that one um and he shows them that an officer will be outside before they leave and uh yeah they drive by peter who's still lurking outside the house like the little creepy boy he is bitch peter dude he's the original emo guy is he though look at his haircut hell yeah i hate that guy honestly 
Um, so does Jess. Yeah. <laughs> We're team Jess. Oh, always. Phil is upset and apologizes, saying that the medicine she's taking for her colds is making her exhausted and saying uh, she's going upstairs to lay down. She knows and Claire's I dead. I just know it. Claire's dead. I know it. I think that she had COVID. I could be wrong, but I think that's Jess should have stayed at least six feet away. Mm-hmm. They should have masked up. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. At the police station, they get ready, uh, noting that a phone at the station will ring when the one at the house does so they can listen in. And then we see the killer uh, climb down from the attic, going into Barb's room and looking over her while she's sleeping. Barb starts making some noises in her room, so Jess runs in, getting her inhaler to help the asthma attack that Barb is having in her sleep, noting that she had a nightmare that a stranger came into her room. They should call this stranger in the room, that stranger in the Mm -hmm. house. Just goes back downstairs to watch the carolers that showed up outside, awkwardly like smiling and watching them. Because <laughs> what I do hate, you do? I God, that it. would throw me off if that was a caroler and this person was just like awkwardly smiling at me. I'd be like, "All right, look, <laughs> I just need, First, you, yeah, just need you to like close your mouth, look up at the stars or something, <laughs> drink some well, hot yeah. chocolate." What do you do? Because that's what's the thing. Like you're supposed you to go to your door. door. You're supposed to go to your door, and they were supposed to like sing for you, and you give them money. That that was the thing. But like, what, what do you do? Here's what I would do. I would look out through the window and see that it was a bunch of fucking kids about to carol, and I would just flick the lights. And that they tells could, them to leave. The, they could just sing to my ring doorbell. I'm fine. Yeah. I would just burn a lowercase, lowercase T on my lawn so that they knew it was time to go. Oh. Oh. Yikes. The T for tolerance. Nobody's in South Park. T- time to go? Time to leave? Oh, I thought it was from, from um, was it the Chappelle show? Or something like that when they're talking about the tea, or is that guy Ari Shafir or something like that? Whatever. I uh, wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past Ari Shafir, honestly. And, and he's like, oh. "Is a tea for tolerance and trust?" No, or Reno Nine One One. It was on. Like, oh. yeah, you can't be burning crosses on the lines. Oh. Like, no, it's not yeah. that. The tea for tolerance. Oh. <laughs> um, Reno Nine One One. That's what it was. Th- this scene is the one scene that I was talking about before, like where the music irks me, like. It almost sounds like it was one kid just like recorded a thousand one times and looped over each other in a yeah. bathroom. Dude, it sounds okay. good. What are you talking yeah, about? Dude, it's talking like about seventy four. It's all right. That that audio quality is like they literally maxed out their like wavelength capacity on the audio you know recording. It's it sounded terrible. better than your recording sometimes. Yeah, Ooh. asshole, loud ass microphone. <laughs> 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 Were you just on the moon talking to us, honestly? <laughs> the fuck was that? Uh, you are a fucking audio snob. You would not enjoy any Giallo. I can tell you that right now. I am an audio snob. You would, I like. You would listen to one person dubbed over, and you'd be like, what the fuck is happening here? Okay, no, 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 no. Dubbing, I listen, I can accept a film when it has bad dubbing. You know that I've watched every Godzilla film on Earth, and those films have the worst dubbing ever. True. Well, in those movies, some people speak English and they still dub over it. So, <laughs> <laughs> with other people's English, yeah, very weird. Um, so, while this is all happening, the killer creeps back into Barb's room, picking up a glass figure of a unicorn and plunges it into her over Speaking and over, of giallo. Yeah. killing her in a very stylized giallo-like way. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I was going to ask because I felt like that felt very giallo-esque. Like, there's a mystery going on, and there's a very stylish, flashy kill. Mm-hmm. That's why I said we'll talk about this a little bit later. The tones of the movie. I'm getting it now. Yeah. Are you though? 
Probably not. Outside, a woman comes up to gather the carolers, mentioning to Jess that a girl was murdered in the park. Uh, and then Jess um, tells Jess that her phone's ringing. I don't know how, like, why she has to bring that to Jess's attention, and Jess doesn't <laughs> just know that, but I would say, like, yeah, that's my phone. I think I fucking know. The reason I'm not answering it is because you're on my fucking porch. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, you stupid bitch. But like, yeah, your kids are singing. Get them out of here. <laughs> how am I going to answer the phone with these loud-ass fucking kids with the bad audio? How about you make it a silent <laughs> night and shut up? <laughs> uh, Jess answers it, and it's very Lieutenant Fuller. Uh, or no, uh, Lieutenant Fuller picks up uh, also to listen as uh, this time the killer is like screaming again, then quotes a line from the conversation that Jess had earlier with Peter when they talked about the abortion. Something about cutting out the not the cancer because that's from malignant, malignant <laughs> but <laughs> cutting off a wart or something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what it is. Like, you ever have a wart removed? Just yeah. like yeah. having a wart removed. That's yeah. what yeah. they, I wrote oh it down. God. And like slams the phone. Yeah. Like you're um, specifically supposed to stay on the phone. He well, he hangs up first. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he hangs up. Uh and then it of course then it's not full, long enough to trace. And then they call back and say, keep on longer. Mm-hmm. And then he but Fuller's also interrupted by commotion going on in the police station due to a cop that was shot in the ass while trespassing on somebody's property. I'll shove it up your ass next time. Sideways. That's, that's, that's also how you so know it was in America. Yeah. America would have said, cops shoot first and last. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. They look like, they're like Yosemite Sam out there. <laughs> did, did they release that guy? Because it looks like they just took his gun and they were like, go home, dude. Yeah. Well, it I looked was, like he well, just walked away. Yeah. Yeah. They, I guess the cop was trespassing, so he got shot. Like, don't trespass. I don't know. Oh, my God. They said, so- yeah, I think this happens in America. Let's put and this. I, and I, I love how Fuller walked back into the office and like stopped by his partner, the other detective. And he was like, I he said something like, I swear to God, if you laugh. Yeah. Like he was- <laughs> that guy reminded me of like, um, fuck. What is that cartoon character that just fucking sits there and snickers the whole time? I don't remember the fucking dog from like, um, dastardly dog. Is that his name from that fucking the race car thing? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wacky races. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I've seen that shit in forever. Boomerang. Uh, Phyllis now awake again asks why Jess didn't tell the police that it was Peter if she thinks it could be, and she says that the killer repeated word for word what Peter said, mm. uh, but hopes it wasn't him. Phil assuring her that she doesn't think it's Peter; she thinks he's a good guy. And then Jess said, "He beats me. He beats me. No, it didn't happen." I was like, wait, when did that happen? <laughs> Mark's face. Mark's like, wait, what? Just seeing you know, if you're paying attention. Yeah, I am. Uh, the phone rings, I'm but this time phone, it's Peter know? who's now crying. Oh my god, god this, this fucking guy. little pussy. He's the oh, original yes. emo. Day one he, emo guy. He actually is. He invented yeah. emo night. Yeah. He pleads for her not to kill the baby. I like how he words that too. Uh, don't, please don't kill the baby. Uh, when she asked where he is, he hangs up on her again. Too short to trace. And Fuller was listening too. Yep, Fuller again and calls to question her. Says, "What about this baby?" She's like, "Whose baby's li- that?" You were listening to me. He says, "Well, yeah, I thought we already discussed how this is working. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole yeah. scene where we explained." <laughs> uh, she says that Peter's just upset, uh, saying that. Um, and she notes that he was there when the first call came in, so it couldn't be Peter calling. Yeah, and then she while got very they, happy. And this while they talk the whole time, like you can see a shadow lurking in the background and then retreating before the phone calls over. Yeah. I never noticed that. 
before I watch it this time, honestly. I don't know if I ever noticed it. No, I'll have to go back and watch it right now. Like, Hold on. I definitely noticed her. it this time. Yeah. Behind her and Phyllis, which I don't know how, like, at least uh, Jess didn't see it because she's kind of facing that fucking direction. But well, she also uh, forgot that they were tracing the call. So, <laughs> yeah, she's oh, I was going to say some bad things. Get us in trouble so, uh, while getting some ass. Of, you me, <laughs> all of us. We go down together. Oh, right. oh no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why'd you have to? Go, 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 go. Uh, While well, getting some aspirin out of the kitchen, Phil is scared by some people looking through the window who wind up being part of a search party looking for the killer. Uh, they joke around a little with the men, and then the men leave, and they realize all the windows in the house are open, so they go around locking all of them. Uh, and then Phil goes up into Barb's room to check on her, and the door closes behind her. Hey, it's me, Billy. Uh, Lieutenant Fuller decides to do a background check on Peter and stops by the hall where Peter had his recital, finding the piano smashed, microphone stand still lodged into the back of it. Yikes. No one heard him do this. <laughs> like when this happened, I can't, that blows my mind. No one like heard this happening. And think, then this whole time went by, no one went up there and said, like, what the fuck? Well, I think everyone, everyone heard him playing and left. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. People like heard him like, they, dude, he's been playing for fucking five hours. I they probably, go. I they probably thought him smashing the piano was still him playing. Yeah, that's yeah. probably true, honestly. They thought it was better oh, he's, than just, playing. he's just practicing up there. They said, damn, he's got the real notes now. Uh, uh, that's uh. his creative process. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you do, Brady? Yeah, before the uh before the podcast, I just like, You're just like slam ah, everything in the room, yeah. Um, I get a mic like, stand from stop? the closet. She's hey, like, oh, recording time. Process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Recording time, hun? Yeah, stay out of my way. I'm the boy of the house. Um, <laughs> Jess gets another phone call. This time it's the moaner again. He's screaming more of his nonsense about Billy, where's the baby? And he plays out a scene between a mother and a son going on long enough for the call to be traced this time. Uh, Nash calls Fuller over the radio saying that the calls are coming from inside the same house where they're receiving the calls and fuller radios to police uh, outside. No, Nash doesn't call that. Oh, well, oh, well the guy Nash calls, calls fuller. Well, yeah. Cause the guy calls Nash and the Nash calls or then he tells Nash. When you talk to Jess, do not let her know that someone that it's in the house. Right. Mm, yeah. Well, first they um, radio to the police outside the house and we get a nice shot of the cop that's sitting outside with his throat cut. Mm-hmm. Good shot. So yeah. because he can't reach that cop, then he calls back to, Nash um, and tells him like yeah call Jess tell her to just put the phone down and walk directly out of the house Um, doesn't tell her why and he tells him Nash do not mess this up (laughs) I won't Nash oh I will Nash says yeah this is Nash I don't know if you know that's from Brady but no but it sounded funny you ever seen Richie Rich with Macaulay Culkin that's a long time ago. That's a real good movie. That's the I goat movie. That years. Yeah. Well, if you want it, I illegally downloaded it. I mean, I downloaded it but paid for it. So you guys yes. can have it if you want it. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Nash calls and tells Jess, put the phone down, walk right out of the house. When she doesn't listen and questions him, he kind of yells to her and the calls are coming from inside the house. Yeah, exactly it doesn't take him that, that fucking long at all. Like yeah, he tries no. one time, he's like, "All right, you just got to go to the house." And she's like, "Okay," but like my friends and all that, he's like, "Okay, you know what? <laughs> You're gonna die. <laughs> you know what, asshole? 
Also, I do want to talk about this real quick. If like the four of us were like frat brothers in like a house and like things mm-hmm. like this were happening and the cop called me and was like, Hey, uh, I just need you to put the phone down and like walk out of the house. I'd be like, no problem. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> you, Brady. a second thought about any of you. No offense. But at this point you're missing. I have to assume that you're missing for a reason. Who? One, one of these motherfuckers, on one of us would be missing. Think about yeah. it. There's literally four of them. Claire's dead, so she's missing. Jess yeah. is on the phone. The other two aren't missing. They're just upstairs. No, Barb's dead. They don't know that. Oh. Yeah. So I'm saying Jess doesn't know that. He wouldn't say, yeah. hey, by the way, Kyle, Mark, uh, no, Rob's dead, but like, you guys want to come downstairs before we leave or what? I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go looking for you guys. I would yell up the stairs. I'd be like, you know, we, like, Jess starts yeah. yelling up those stairs when... At that point, if you guys aren't responding, yeah, I'm out. Good luck, guys. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> or not. I'll stand across the street and yell, and, and yell for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob would be like, hey, guys. All right, they're not answering. I got to go. <laughs> He'd go to yell for man, the acoustics. I tried to wake stuck. up Johnny for breakfast, so go fuck yourself, Kyle. No, you didn't. I knew you that's what you were getting at. <laughs> you said, you said, Hey, Johnny, we're going to breakfast. Okay, guys, he's not answering. I think we should just go to breakfast without him. <laughs> I tried at least. You guys are fucking assholes. You said I wrote you a note and stuck it in front of a fan. No, I know it's a piece Mike. of paper, but I thought that it would stay. Put a sticky Whatever. note on your forehead while you're sleeping. Either way, I said, listen, just let's go, and he'll be mad, and I would be mad too. And you guys I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that's a story for another time. Is it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um... So yeah, she uh, yells for Phyllis and Barb, hysterically telling them to answer her, and then she picks up the fire poker near the fireplace, makes her way up the stairs. Uh, she forces open the door to Barb's room, falling when the door like finally opens, and she finds Barb and Phyllis on the bed, bloody and dead. She hears someone say something, so she looks up, and she sees the eye of the killer looking through her, uh, like between the crack of the door and the, the wall, glass. I guess. What? Looking through the glass. I'm looking at through the glass. Through the Uh, looking glass. She slams the door on him and he yells out, which I think is the funniest thing. (laughs) (laughs) The way she slams the door, he's just like, ah, (laughs) oh man. He gets gets wilder and just breaks the door down. I almost feel like that was actually a camera guy. She she actually hit and that was legit pain. Uh, She runs down the stairs, but is unable to open the front door because, you know, it's stuck yet again. And she runs past the stairs. Towards the back of the house, the killer reaches out, grabbing a handful of her hair, but he can't hold it for very long. Uh, she gets to the basement door, locking it behind her. The killer is screaming, banging, and suddenly it stops. I do have to say that that was pretty good there. Like when he's just repeatedly banging against that door, screaming. Yeah. Um, holy shit. And he moves like, I don't know. Like, if you ever see like, the movies like Little Creatures and stuff, or like Puppet Master, when like the way the camera's running, they're like, they're like, running pittering like fast past the screen yeah like that's how they kind of did his running stuff like they were cutting and he was like like, like flying across the screen yeah because they didn't want you to see him see that's peter or I thought it was Ted Bundy. uh she walks down that kind of looks like him. i'm not gonna kinda lie does. Yeah. uh she walks down to the she, she walks down the basement stairs into the dark as cops speed their way to their house um, outside a basement window, a silhouette approaches, crouching down, moving from window to window. And he circles the house and settles on a window that he can finally see through, yelling out the jest, revealing himself to be Peter. But when she doesn't reply, he just kicks the fucking window in and climbs into the basement. Yeah, like, what, what? the hell? You're not getting Calling rid of that baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Where are you, bitch? I'll abort it myself. Where are you hiding? I'm pulling a B and E. So he sees her in the dark, and he like approaches her, asking why she wasn't answering her, and asks like what she's doing. Dude, I just he... broke through the window. Why aren't you answering me? <laughs> Dude, he might be the most psycho person in this movie, and we got the killer upstairs. <laughs> Dude, the way he like fucking freaks out at all times, and then he just kicks in the window, comes down. He's like, "What's wrong, babe? What's wrong?" <laughs> To his face, like the way he's like smiling. Like, what? Why are you scared? <laughs> um, there you are. But when the police uh, pull up outside, they hear Jess's screams, and they come running, busting the doors open. They find Jess and Peter both laying on the floor of the basement. Peter's face all bloody, and when Fuller calls out to Jess, she looks up in a daze. Then we transition to Jess in bed. The doctor saying that uh, she's probably very groggy after the events that took place. And Fuller won't be able to question her until tomorrow. And that's when Nash comes in to let him know that there's too many bodies for the hospital to handle. So they'll have to be kept at a morgue. I th- think in the next town over or something like yeah. that. Mm. Um, and then he tells him, uh, he lets them know that there's also crews and reporters outside asking questions and Fuller goes out to get rid of them. Mr. Harrison goes to get up, but he passes out. Oh uh, my God, motherfucker. He goes Ooh. into shock. And so Chris and the doctor carry him out, saying they have to bring him to the hospital. And this leaves Jess sleeping alone in her bed in the house. The camera tracks through the second floor and up to the hatch to the attic, where the bodies of Claire and Mrs. Mack still reside. And Billy's, you know, still (laughs) up there. Uh, The shot pans out from Claire sitting in the chair to a shot outside the house where the phone starts ringing and keeps ringing as the credits start to roll. That is Black Christmas. So you're going to tell me that the cops were all in that house. They all left. Turned the lights off even, too. Well, there's one outside, but... And nobody went upstairs to search the attic. I mean, when you think you got the killer, yeah. you think it's all wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You Generally, you want to go everywhere and collect evidence, though, right? Like, just to have everything tidy? This is fucking Canada, dude. <laughs> they, they, what They're... You know, the the 70s, you know they were like, I just find it funny that at the end of the film, they're like, oh, we got all these bodies. But then they're like, yeah, there's still two upstairs and no one knows about yet. And the okay. killer. as but somebody do... who's actually been to the police academy, I think they did a good job for you guys got oh, nothing on me. <laughs> Forty five minutes. As somebody who's More watched a lot of Reno 911, I think <laughs> they, did they did a great did job. A great job. <laughs> you know, I watch live PD a lot. So, well, that's how I know you're racist. And that's why it's canceled now. Fuck you. <laughs> Um, my grandma watches live PD, but she just like makes a lot of comments about how much she wants a big, strong cop to pull her over. Okay. okay. Sounds like she watches, watches a lot of porn. That's what it sounds like she watches. She probably does. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's, I found it kind of funny. I was even laughing at myself a little bit. Like when Peter breaks into that basement down there, it's almost like Billy's like, Oh, okay. Well, there's not enough room for too crazy. I'm just going to go back up to the attic. You guys can handle your stuff for now. Billy was up there like, man, that guy down there is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's, that's the headcanon I have that Billy was like, okay, this guy's a little out there. So yeah, I just imagine right. him like, oh, finally getting the door open and just like watching Peter break through the window. He's like, oh, fuck no. Well, you know, yeah. technically, we don't know his name's Billy. We just assume, you know. Well, he says Billy Agnes. a lot in the, the phone. Yeah, he also talks. He talks about himself in third person. He also says Agnes is his name. Agnes, could be Billy Billy Agnes. Baby, baby Billy Agnes. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's his full name. 
So, Kyle, what do you think? Let, let's hear from you first. Me first? Why me first? Okay, Why not? I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it. <laughs> Fuck your you birthday. It's not my birthday. <laughs> oh, man, I, sorry, my bad. I said it was your Earth Day. So it's no surprise that uh, I like this movie a lot. <gasps> I like to watch it at least once a year um, and preferably around Christmas, but I don't have to. That doesn't have to be the time. I give it a... I was going to say 4.5 out of 5, but I, I think I give it a 5 out of 5. I love this movie. I came on really late to it. Um, I want to say 2015, 2016 is when I started. Um, I, I think Screen Factory had a sale, and mm-hmm. that's what made me buy it. Uh, well, they have them like every year. That was like tw- You talked about like the 2014 one, like when they did like the collector's edition? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they had like a sale because I, I missed out on the poster because I think this one might have came with a poster too. Um, but I missed out on all that and I got it when it was on sale because I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. People like say it's good. And I actually like really loved it. I love the aesthetic of it. Um, but I guess so what we'll do is we'll talk about the the genre it fits into. People always talk about how this movie was like, I mean, you, in Scream 4, they say Peeping Tom, but the original slasher. That's what people kind of attribute this to. Cause this kind of led to, of course, inspiring John Carpenter, mm-hmm. which became like the granddaddy of mm-hmm. slashers, um, which of course led to Friday the 13th, which became like the standard slasher format. Um, people say that this was the first slasher, but honestly, there's not a lot of slasher esque stuff in this, you know, um, mm-hmm. the only person that we get that's really like slashed is Barb that we see. Um, but I mean, you see the cop in outside his throat's mm-hmm. cut, but, um, Barb's kill is a very giallo esque, like the way the, mm-hmm. the, um, you, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I like, would the, say like the glistening on the glass and like the slow motion, shot, the lighting, very, the very music of the kids in the background. Yeah. The blood splatter and like yeah. her the bloody figure. hand, like yeah. on the other glass objects. It's black background, and it's very focused on the murder weapon. Um, you don't know who the killer is. I would say the only thing that doesn't make this movie a giallo, honestly, because there's a lot of uh, like mystery and uh, detective work in this, is that fact that you don't find out who the killer is. Mm-hmm. There's no resolution to the mystery, right? But I like that about this. Um, so I don't know how you guys feel if you would say it's a slasher. I mean, I, I think it fits. I think it fits more in the giallo bucket than it does the slasher bucket, like the mm-hmm. traditional slasher bucket as we know it. I mean, I could see where slashers get their influence from it, but definitely this feels more like a murder, like a murder mystery. Feels more like a thriller else. to me. Yeah. Yeah, or like a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the more like the kills aren't the terrifying part. It's the suspense of not knowing where the killer is. It's the phone calls. It's the unraveling of the mystery and then the the final most shocking moment is that the mystery is not unraveled and that the killer is still alive so i think that 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 in and of itself makes it more of a thriller like brady said i agree with that what year did uh fuck what is that movie um with (laughs) the fucking lady from uh unbreakable kimmy schmidt um when a stranger calls, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, when a stranger calls. Yeah, I couldn't. Isn't that 76, 78? I don't know. I don't know. Talk about asking. the original, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, nineteen seventy nine. So I, okay. I was gonna say seventy nine. Damn, I'm so smart. So that's, but you didn't. So you're dumb, just like me. Uh, so you didn't even this, know the fucking name of the movie, you dumbass. 
yeah, you know, just never heard of it ever in my life. This movie, so I, I was going to say, if I don't, wondered if that came up before this. So, yeah, this is kind of like, I like Rob said, I see where slashers got their influence from. Like they, this movie definitely heavily influenced slashers, but I wouldn't consider this a slasher myself. Me yeah. yeah, definitely psychological horror thriller. Yeah, home invasion type. Um, yeah, I can see yeah. that. Five out of five for me. I I love the acting in it. I love the aesthetic. Uh, I think I really like the way Canadians make movies, or did back then at least. You know, like honestly, like this, um, My Bloody Valentine. Oh yeah. Like, I feel like I'm about to burp. You sound but, like you're about to burp. Swallow the burp. Now. All right. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the aesthetic of this movie. I feel like the audio, like the um, the the music in this, fits really well. It does give it a very Christmassy, but cr- creepy. Not creepy, like um, suspenseful vibe. I don't know. Like it, it I I love this movie. I love the style in it. I kind of want to start cutting my hair like Peter does and dressing like Peter. I, think I don't a think long way to go with your hair. Peter's a loser. <laughs> I don't think they ever credit who the killer is too. Who plays the killer? I know the voice. Is somebody different? Um, but I don't well, think it was most like wasn't the it voice like, like a ton of different cast and crew. No, the voice was one guy. He because they um they showed him like redoing it like uh, to replicate it. He just I, I forget the guy's name, but um yeah, it looks like they just had Peter honestly do it. And I think that's the point is for you to think it's Peter, but then it's not Peter. But it I think the guy might be Peter. I don't know. Um, my favorite kill. I would say is obviously Barb. It, the overstylization of the kill is shot wonderfully. I love the imagery of uh, Claire with the bag over her head and all, mm-hmm. but it's just the Giallo-esque like way Barb is stabbed is top tier filmmaking to me. And my least favorite either Phyllis or Peter, because both were killed off screen with very little payoff. At least with the cop outside, you kind of see his like throat cut, and that's kind of cool effect, maybe mm-hmm. for the time, even though it looks sh- like shit now on HD, but. Off-screen kills, not good. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Uh, Mark, let's see what you got to say. I want to save Rob for last since he. Uh, yeah, he's never seen he's it. A fresh boy. So this is one of those movies that the first time I ever saw it, I was like in love with this movie. It's it's got everything I like. Maybe um, like you guys said before, it's not a slasher per se, but I still always thought of it that way as a slasher. Um, because I guess because there's kills in it, but that I guess maybe it's not a slasher now. I don't know. You can consider what, one. I see why people. Do. I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I do. But you guys do make some um, some good points where you say it's not, which I understand that. Um, it it is. I it's very easy watch. The movie goes really fast. Like I think we did that review really quickly. Like what forty minutes probably forty five minutes that whole review. Of just the movie, yeah, probably. Yeah, so. that was really quick. This movie—I don't think it really has any downtime too much. Um, I like most of the characters. I think they're all right. Um, I hate fucking Peter and I hate the dad. That's Dude, Peter's cool. cool. The only two people I don't. And Mr. Like. Harrison, he's cool. Yeah, George. Um, the one gripe I have with this movie, I've always had with this. You've heard me talk about it. Kyle knows what it is. If the calls are coming to this house, this guy Billy is fucking screaming in some of these scenes. You're gonna tell me not one person hears him screaming? Yeah. That's well, I don't think thing. Jess can hear anything with how she answers the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she but has, somebody else had it with her. Yeah, right? they're gonna tell me at one point no one ever heard him yelling like 
that's my one my one gripe with the whole movie. Yeah, I would just I would. I guess I didn't have an issue with that because I was like, all right, you most of them are on the bottom level. Well, not the basement, mm-hmm. but they're on the first floor, and that attic is two stories above them. He's not calling from the attic. He's, He's calling, calling from, from Mrs. Max's room. Max room. Oh, I thought he was always calling like from the attic. No, no. Then no they would Mrs. see the wire going up there. The phone yeah. cord. <laughs> yeah. Well, they miss a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just. I mean, I guess that's what it was for me. But. Yeah, so I don't know how the house is set up. I've never been there. Maybe one day I can visit it. But knock on the door and say, "Let's go in." Excuse me, I want to check where. Let's Mrs. climb Max- up the ladder. here. <laughs> Where's Mrs. Max's room compared to where the phone was set up? Then I would know the distance. Maybe it's a big. I know it's a really. Nice Bring your place. measuring tape. Yeah. In Canada, I would love to visit it one day. But yeah, so this is a five out of five for me. Uh, my favorite kill is Claire. I just love. Maybe not. A, the kill is all right, but just throughout the whole movie, when she's you see her faces in the window, they the double time, remade like, this, right? Yeah, like rocking back and forth, and at the end, the silhouette of it, I absolutely love it. I always disliked how they did Phyllis. They just she was just dead on the bed. That was it. I yeah. I don't I don't like that. Mm. But <laughs> and even like uh, the 2006 remake of this isn't the worst movie either. It's not. It's I think it's good. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, I never seen the 2019 one. I will probably never watch that. I have no interest in seeing that. Yeah, it's something we really didn't talk about. Um, just yeah, yeah. Uh, the 2006 one, I think it got poor reception, but I think nowadays, especially after the new one came out, people are like, "Actually, that 2006 one ain't so bad." One, yeah, probably, I don't know. No, so I haven't. Uh, I would it love yet. it because it's all good-looking girls. I was hey, just about to no say, man, it's like when you go back to that cast, it's like uh, incredible. Chung, I think. Act. Yeah, you had yeah, Mary Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, yeah, it's all c- girls that. Kyle likes so they see what Shabir from Mean Girls, yeah. Katie Cassidy's mm-hmm. in it too, yeah. yeah. Kyle would be in love with everyone, but I mean, mm-hmm. I think that one's a fun It's a, again, like this is just a quick, lean horror movie, and it gets mm-hmm. a lot of flack because people are like, Oh, you can't fucking remake classics, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, they remade 2019 one, and uh. You know, I don't. I've never seen it. I've only heard bad things. Um, I will never probably see that. I've oh, I've been curious, like to like just download it and watch it and just say fuck it. Let's see what. Mm-hmm. But I, it doesn't look even a little bit good. Yeah, it made more money than the 2006 one. Yeah, yeah. So Brady, what do you think? Um, you know, for me, it's definitely a five out of five. Like Kyle, I came to this one very late. I think I watched this in 2019 for the first time. Um, watched it in the middle of July. So, you know, <laughs> Christmas in July, Christmas man. In July, yeah, yeah, Christmas in July. I think like everybody's made points so far. It's just, I look at it as a psychological thriller, if, but you can see it as a slasher. You can see it as Giallo. And mm-hmm. I think it fits for everybody that way. And I really love the focus on these characters because they are strong, independent women. And, it's in the seventies. So I love each of their storylines, like especially Jess though, and her and Peter and Peter is this domineering force who has that kind of masculinity in the seventies. It's like, Oh, I have to stop what I'm doing and I have to marry you. And we have to have this baby. And she's like, well, no, I'm not making you give up your dreams, but you're not making me give up my dreams either. And I really love that aspect of it. It's called toxic masculinity. It's just, (laughs) and I think it just, it's a really, it's, placed really well in this film because you know typically in slashers you're not getting these huge moments of impactful social issues i mean now we do but back in the 70s maybe not so much and uh kills are great definitely barb is my favorite kill 
in the movie. Um, but Claire is a close second because I, when I do think of Black Christmas, I think of Barb and her death, but then obviously you see Claire everywhere. And there's something uniquely terrifying about that image of just the plastic bag around her face while she's rocking back and forth in the chair. Um, hate Peter. I hate Claire's dad. I like Chris. I think Chris is cool. I uh, wish we got a little more screen time from Chris. Um, Lieutenant Fuller is great. You know, love me some John Saxon. Mm, love him. Love love him. Uh, R.I.P. John Saxon. And uh, yeah, least favorite kills would have to be off screen. Phyllis. Um, it doesn't really do anything. And I think she had a lot of screen time in this compared to some of the mm-hmm. other girls. And they just kind of kill her off screen. And I didn't really like that. She deserved yeah. better. She deserved better. But she gets better in the 2006 remake when she plays uh, Mrs. Mac. Great. Now I don't have to watch it. You ruined it for me. Five out of five for me, dog. Rob? Um, I swear to God, if you do anything (laughs) lower than a five out of five. Really? Because here comes the three. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I actually really like this film. Um, I really didn't know what to expect going in. I kind of figured it would be more generic slasher than the mystery it ended up being. Um, only because all I ever heard about this film was that it inspired slasher movies or it it set the tone for slashers going forward. And so going into it, I think what I expected and what I got were two very different things. And that turned out to be a really good thing. Um, I like the suspense of it. I love the cast. Uh, I think everybody's on point with their portrayals. Uh, Even the actor who plays Peter does keep you, you know, I was actually... Up until the point where Peter died, I actually was expecting him in the basement to like all of a sudden start speaking in tongues or something and be like, oh, wait, he actually is the killer. And honestly, like the whole time I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, they're using Peter to draw me off. They're using Peter to draw me off. But they actually got me to a point where I was legitimately saying like, oh, my God, it actually really could be Peter. Like it, it was good. And I, I liked that a lot. Um, I think maybe I would have liked to see a little more on screen kills. That would have been something I would have liked to see more of. Um, so you wanted a slasher. Yeah, because I said that's what I was expecting, but I wasn't really let down by that per se. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at this film and where in the context of where it was made and everything else, I completely agree with Brady. The, the female cast for this in this time period to be as bold and as vocal and as forward and, pro- and, and progressive as they are in this film. Like it's a big statement. And, um, you know, there's another subtle commentary there about um, Mrs. Mack being an older generation of woman, right. Mm-hmm. And men's expectations on her to keep the younger generation of women in line. And she's very much kind of just like, yeah, that's not my job. And like, who like don't tell me how to do my don't tell me how to do my job don't tell me how to run women's lives like there's this air of like the new woman which was a huge deal in the 70s right like the idea of the new woman the independent woman um and it's very much encapsulated in not only the attitudes but like the dress and like the overall feel of the film so i definitely like that and um i guess my final thoughts on this are that uh I definitely do agree that it influenced slashers, but I also believe that this film shouldn't be remembered for that. I think it should be remembered as a great mystery, a great thriller, um, a great snapshot in time of how horror 
could really catch some of the hot topics of the day and hot tropes of the day and not make them cliche, make them feel organic and part of the environment. <laughs> um, and also that the killer doesn't always have to have a motivation. doesn't always have to be supernatural. doesn't always have to be some crazy backstory. It, it, it really kind of sets that tone. Like a crazy guy could just walk in your house. He had motivation, mental illness. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, like look at the look at the time period, and and in the 60s and 70s, like a lot of the serial killers that were co- that were around at the time, and like major crimes, a lot of them, like there was no personal connections. It was just someone who was mentally deranged, unhinged, psychotic, just choosing targets at random. And before Halloween did it, and before everybody else was getting hyped on this whole killer just walking into your house, here we have a movie about a sorority house and a guy with no connection to them, nothing just decides one night I'm going to walk into that house, start making phone calls and killing. And I think that's, that's the real horror. Right. And at the end we're left with that real horror because everybody's so overconfident that they've solved the case. And we see the police negligence throughout the film. Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll investigate that. No, it's fine. Like he's still there and the phone's still ringing and it can ring five times because it's a five out of five. Like that's go. just how it, that's how oh, I feel. There about it is. It. Um, you guys, you guys were waiting with bated breath on that one. Uh, favorite kill is um, Barb. Loved it. The stylization, the way the light like glistened off of the glass and everything, like oof, it was good. Um, Off screen kills, I did not. Um, I can't remember. I did not like Peter the most um, because that that scene had so much tension and so much buildup, and then like it was a low payoff kill. And then, like, when they showed his body, it looked like somebody just took, like, red expo marker and just drew on his face. Like, yeah. it was bad. I just wanted to see Jess beat the shit out of him. Like, I would have <laughs> rather, I would have rather seen him face down on the ground and, like, her standing over him with a pipe or something, like, than her just sitting there with that Sharpie marker face laying on, his, laying on her lap. Like, it's bad payoff. So, like, after all the hidden things you've done, that's what you're going to give me close up in front, full frontal? They had to make it visible on old film, you know? So that's why it's so bright, I think. Yeah, no, I understand. It's just, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like Mrs. Mack and Claire's bodies are done so well, and that's just done poorly. Yeah. Yep, that's where I'm at. Sorry for the long-windedness, guys, but first time viewing. I I I wanted to hear what you said because it was your first time. A lot of good points. I also would echo your sentiment about Billy and his lack of backstory or motive because it went on to inspire the shape. And I think me personally, I love the Halloween series and I love almost all of the sequels, but once you get into trying to describe why Michael does the things he does and why he's killing the certain people he's after, it kind of takes away from that initial terror that you have when you're watching it. And it's just this guy who came back to a town that he killed his sister in because he snaps Absolutely. one day and just stalks these random kids. Absolutely. Um, there's nothing more terrifying than nature. Yeah. And the idea that it doesn't have motive, it doesn't have purpose, it doesn't premeditate a target. And since it just says, today was the wrong day you walked past me. Or today was the wrong day I, for us to be in the same area. So like you learn today. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just something. Big old dick. It's just something, something terrifying. I think it's also just crazy. I don't know. I'm sure you guys felt the same way, but watching this and then going back and watching Halloween and then going back to this, it's like, man, some of these shots, like you could definitely tell John Carpenter was like, yeah, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. I'm taking that. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's why when Bob Clark says that he had that conversation, I'm like, I believe it 110. Oh, yeah. I don't, and, and that's not to discredit John Carpenter because he, I mean, you could have the idea, you could steal the ideas and all that, but and like, you have to, yeah. yeah, you have to shoot it yourself, which is mm-hmm. what he did, and he did his own wonderful thing. Um, and I think John Carpenter had better technology for it too. Mm-hmm. I literally wanted to say that like the difference here with the POV shots in black Christmas versus the POV shots in Halloween is the Panavision mm-hmm. that, that, that motion rig camera that he had. And that's why John Carpenter was so insistent that if I'm going to make this film, that's what I need. And honestly, I think if side, I, I this could be probably a controversial statement, Uh-oh. but if you, if you give the technology budget and team of Halloween, to Black Christmas, Black Christmas is a better film. Hmm. It, mm, I still prefer. Um, didn't Halloween. Black Christmas have a bigger budget? I'm uh, saying that, it, that the exact circumstances, like the way the budget Halloween's was used, Halloween's budget was like roughly three hundred twenty-five thousand, I think. I thought it was three fifty because fifty. Three fifty, yeah, three fifty or three twenty-five, whatever it is. But I think Black Christmas was over six hundred thousand. So yeah, I'm guessing what I'm trying to say is like the teams utilize the budget in the exact same way, like prioritize the budget in ways that made it most effective. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. they're, I just feel like the team behind Halloween is a far more technologically savvy and creative team. Well, that camera that they use was also like brand spanking new. That yeah, it was the height of the technology at the time. Yeah. And they talk about like um, the shots that the camera operators had to get in Black Christmas, the first person, especially like around the stairs and stuff, because that wasn't a set. That's a real house. So it's not like there's this, extra room for you to do stuff and they didn't map out and then build things according to how they're going to shoot it. This, these people had giant fucking cameras and they had to hold it yeah. on their shoulder and like actually swing it around the way Billy would be looking. Yeah. And not get cords in the shot and not get stupid stuff like props to them for working with the technology at the time. But like, I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Definitely. I mean, I love Halloween more. I just think stylistically black Christmas could have been better. If it had the if it had that team behind it, I get what sure. you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I think see, you're dumb. I would have to see an agree, exact but... breakdown of the budgets before I can make that kind of guess. Yeah. yeah, I know. Like, so Halloween was like 300, and then it got the extra, however much, and that all went to Donald Pleasance. Like, so he didn't take any out of the actual budget. But let me ask you this: so then, if we put Donald Pleasance in Black Christmas and John Saxon in Halloween. <laughs> Do we have the same film? No, no. obviously. Yeah. No. Would it be yeah. better? Can you imagine John Saxon doing the doing the 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 evil line, no. the blackest eyes? Nope. I don't think he has enough <laughs> charisma. No. He doesn't Donald, have the same... and Donald Pleasance being like Lacio. Lacio. <laughs> Could you uh, explain what this means, my dear Ash. sir? Nash! <laughs> Mr. No. Nash! No, Nash! <laughs> Nash, I shot him six times! Don't tell her what's With the house. buck shot six <laughs> times! Um, but yeah, that's Black Christmas from 1974. Does anybody else have anything they want to add before we wrap this bitch up? I just love Margot Kidder. Love her in Amityville. Yeah, can we, can we talk about that? So, a lot of people, whenever people talk about Margot Kidder, they just talk about how hot she is and like I think that Olivia Hussey in this, the superior female. Like, looks like. wants to have this. Yeah. I think Margo, Mar- uh, Margo's a better um, actress. I Oh, yeah. Well, 
I don't. Are you saying I think, that carry, I think she. I think she carries her scenes better. Are you saying that because Olivia Hussey's from like Argentina? No, are, Olivia Hussey's good. Bigot? Is Listen, I remember here? Olivia Hussey. I remember watching her in Romeo and Juliet in, in high school, and she was pretty good for the young age in that. And then she, now she comes along this, and she does a pretty good job. And I think that if she didn't have Kidder in in the role with her. I think she'd 100% carry be the best in this whole movie, hands down. But I think that the acting prowess there, there's there's a little better acting chops. I was just talking about who's hotter. I think Margot Kidder is hotter, but I think that that's also because I like loved her in the Superman movies and I loved her in Amityville. Gotcha. And other than this movie and like the limited time that she has in the it miniseries, I really hadn't seen. Olivia Hussey and anything else. Yeah, and she ain't acting great in, in the it miniseries. <laughs> she did a good job of not talking. Yeah, she was pretty good at that in the last yeah. half. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's it for Black Christmas. Um, we're going to move on to the next pick. Coming soon to a theater near you. And it's Mark's pick. So, what would you like to uh, watch next, Marky? Who am I here? Mark. <laughs> we are going to review from 1987, The Stepfather. Oh, yes. That's why I said, it- Who am I here? Oh, I've never seen one? it, so I don't know. You've never seen it? Have you seen it, Rob? No. No. Wow. It's Anytime us. I look, it just, I always find The Stepfather, too. I never see The Stepfather. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't know what's happening. It's on Shutter right now. I don't Is have it? Shutter. Brody, you no, shit your pants. Bradley, <laughs> Bradford, Brady, Brecky, Brecken Meyer. Hey. Um, okay, so the stepfather it is. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can always email us at vintagehorrorpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at vintagehorrorpodcast. You can find us on Twitter, even though we don't tweet, even though Rob said he was going to pick that up at vintagehorror underscore. Hmm. I can also give you guys Kyle's phone number. Hmm. Yeah, you can give me my phone number. Four. I'll give you the phone number to his office. And you Felatio F E. Are we launching a new Twitter Eight channel? Two four four zero. A new Twitter channel. What do you mean? There's one that you can log into and work on. Out <laughs> his ass. And so why uh, do we have a Twitter profile? I would really appreciate if everyone could go to anchor.fm slash vintage horror podcast and leave us a voice message. Stop being pussies your whole fucking lives, you fucking pussies, and leave us one. Thank you. And that's it for us. Bye. All right. Bye. Ta-ta. Okay, bye.